Hi, hi, yes. Yes, running a little bit late, and I apologize for that. We had a slight technology issue. Oh, the coffee. I spilled the coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Stan. Yeah. Uh, we had a slight technology issue this morning, and I apologize for that, but um, it, it's good. and it, it, it's, it's hilarious when I tell you, because nobody else in the world will ever know, but for the three of us in this room, one button. One button. One button caused that entire disaster. And I don't know who hit the button. So I, that's the problem, right? Like, I want to blame Griffin, but I don't know that. I know it wasn't me. You were never near the board. So it's one of the two of us, and it could have been either one of us. That's the thing, because we were both in there sort of frantically. You know how you know, in baseball they say that the ball always finds the weak link? Yes. <laughs> well, You think that. Well, the one day that he shows up. Like, ooh, right, that's right, true. He showed up at like 9.59 kinda pulled and a, a half. He kind of pulled an Ottenheimer this morning. Yeah. He kind of yeah. pulled a. I All mean, right. I think the world of Griffin. I well, it's a different world. It's weird because that's not what you said. I was gonna say that's not what you said last night. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan Charles is here, and we do have a very busy show ahead of us. So I was hoping to use this first segment to really dive in, <laughs> and uh, we're already running a little bit late. Coming up in a few minutes, Darren O'Day is going to join us. Uh, of course, we just had Darren on a couple weeks ago to talk about his retirement. I remember him saying. I'm going to be doing some broadcasting this year, but he couldn't tell us anything then. And we both said afterwards, oh, he's going to be great. Like, he's going to be excellent. As it turns out, that team is the Atlanta Braves, who the Baltimore Orioles play this weekend. So we're going to talk to him about that on today's show. Speaking of the Braves, uh, legendary former Brave Andrew Jones is going to check in a little bit later on. Uh, A lot of national TV this weekend for the Orioles. Tomorrow night they're on Fox. Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m., so don't sleep Wait in. Minute, who's on? Where, the, the Orioles, Orioles are on the Fox. No, on, and then on Sunday, they're the 11.30 a.m. game. Oh, my goodness. I'm which, glad you mentioned that. Yeah, which is, that. for whatever reason this week, because normally that's just a Peacock game. Right. This week, it's on NBC. Really? So you can watch it on your television this week. The is it or- also going to be on Peacock? It will also be on Peacock, yes. But this one specifically, and I don't know why this one is on NBC. Chuck Todd get fired? I, I don't. That's a fair question. I don't know the answer. And you never know who's getting fired these yeah. days. Um, but part of that broadcast is Matt Vasquez and Ben McDonald. And Andrew Jones is the crew for that game. And the great Andrew Jones will join us a little bit later on in the program. Also, today we'll check in with our buddy Bo Smolka. Ravens had their press conference yesterday announcing the, uh, or I guess not announcing, but right. celebrating the Lamar so- Jackson extension. Uh, we'll talk to him about that and the fallout from the NFL draft and the signing of Rocky Scene this week. And and on top of all of that, we will uh, meet Jordan Geronimo, the transfer you guys all wanted at the University of Maryland, the guy you were asking for. Get the guy from the Big Ten. Well, they got him. Jordan Geronimo from Indiana is coming to play basketball at Maryland, and we're going to meet him a little bit later on. Stan the Fan is here. Stan, yes, sir. I, I present you... The Orioles did take two out of three in Kansas City this week. Yes. Had them all the way yesterday. Never in Never doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Had them all the way. Except the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yes, it was way. very much in doubt. <laughs> there is a lot of consternation about the struggles of Orioles pitching this week against the moribund Kansas City Royals, knowing the Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Rays, Pittsburgh Pirates, who have been a revelation Beyond that, even, you know, other you good lineups. to play the American League East yep. again. Yeah. Knowing that's ahead, 
there is concern about what the pitching did this week. How concerned are you about what's ahead given the performance of Orioles pitching this week? Well, uh, I'm con- I'm concerned. There's no question about it because I think the I, I think they've got something pretty good going on on the offensive side of things. No question. Right now. Other other than well, two nights ago. Although Zach Greinke yeah. uh, yeah. had a great 44-pitch outing. Talk about a consistency of managing. Uh, Matt Quintino. Yeah. Quintino. Uh-huh. How do you Hang pronounce his name? I'll tell you. Quintino. I, I, Quar- I believe it's Quatraro. Matt Quatraro. Takes Zach Greinke out. Manager's decision after five shutout innings with the lead and turned it over his bullpen. Uh, and I, you know, I get that on one level. When you have a pitcher pitching as poorly as Zach Greinke has this year to date, you get greedy. Like saying, "Hey, he's pitching a great game. I'll take five shutout innings out of him." But why the next day when Jordan Lyles is getting his brains beat in, did he stay in? For well, five in innings? in fairness, it ends up looking kind of genius because he yeah, right. he settles down for a second right, right. after giving up eight runs. Two, yeah, right. Exactly. Has a couple of good innings and. They end up finding their way back into the baseball game, but I understand your point. Yeah. It's it's certainly absurd. Um, back to the, the it, it, back to your question. Uh, yeah, the Orioles starting pitching. We've seen enough inconsistency out of Dean Kramer, mm-hmm. Cobb Radish, uh, and and Gra- Grayson Rodriguez, and now Kyle Gibson, mm-hmm. who hasn't had too good. Well, and look, Tyler anymore. Wells has been their best pitcher, but He's clearly was the... not good on on Tuesday. Right. Um, no, he pitched. Uh, yeah, he pitched. He pitched the opener of the series. Right, he pitched pretty good. Tuesday. He was okay. Yeah. I mean, he was. Eh. I, I th- I'll take that, Tyler Wells. I think also, Glenn, we ran into a little bit of, uh, you know, that expression regression to the mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called when it goes a team positively responds to their current state progression to the yeah, mean. Sure, uh, but the Kansas City Royals are offensively. Not a great ball club, but they're not as dismal as they've been. And we ran into, a, I think, a little bit of uh, entering the twilight zone where they reached some progression to their mean. So you, know? you think this is an anomaly more than it's a... I, I still think they are lacking a true number one starter. There's no doubt and, about that. And I think the candidates out there, ironically, are ex-Orioles. Uh, the top two candidates that I think of... Uh, are both on teams that aren't going to contend this year. One of them is the Detroit Tigers, Eduardo Rodriguez, and wouldn't it be kind of fitting if he comes back? I never actually made it as an Oriole the first time. But comes back to help the team. He is pitching at an elite level right now. And the guy that they spent on the last year that Peter was really – well, no, actually John had kind of taken over the reins. They, They brought Alex Cobb in. Uh, who was a guy we wanted so badly. Yeah. We were and so on board with Alex awful, Cobb. Yeah. But Alex Cobb has now been healthy for the better part of last year, the second half, and this year he is pitching like a uh, wonderkin. And I think he's signed only through this year, I believe. Uh, I think he's making $14 million. So, so if you put together a package of two or three prospects and you were committed to paying Alex Cobb what he's going to be worth if he does truly come in and help you out, um, be interesting. Let me, but they need a number one starter, not a designated number one right, starter. Right, not a guy that you're saying is your number one starter because yeah. you don't have one. He's got a team option at the end of this year. 
Okay. Alex Cobb. Cobb. Which would well, be, that, you that could, would be better. You could acquire yes. the team. Yeah. That would could. be. That would be because it's uh, tough right now to be giving away. It's hard to sell yourself on this team winning a World Series this year. Correct. So it's tough to be giving away prospects for a rental piece because you don't think it's going to be the difference in winning a championship. But you could start to squint and say, hey, if you're willing to make a couple more moves, that if you take a jump this year, that next year you could start to move into that territory and you could add in – you're talking about adding in Colton Cows or the mix. You're talking about maybe adding in Heston Kerstad to the mix by that point. And as crazy as it sounds – by next summer, if you're in the throes of a real race and Jackson Holiday continues to progress at the route that he's progressing, it's not absurd to think that you could even push that button by next summer. So even a two-year guy, you can squint and say it's worth paying a price for yeah. that guy because there might be a chance. And that's really now. what Houston did when they acquired, uh, you know, uh, Verlander. Verlander, to begin with. Yep. you know, and they had made the great trade getting Garrett Cole yep. from the Pirates. But, but the interesting player to me, the more interesting player is probably Eduardo Rodriguez, who signed that five-year contract with Detroit. But unfortunately for the Orioles' sake, and, and we definitely would have a dance partner there. Detroit's farm system is not good. So if they could pick up two or three pieces and maybe the Orioles get Rodriguez and I'm just throwing out like Matt Verling or mm-hmm. something, something gets thrown back. Mm-hmm. But but the problem is that Eduardo Rodriguez has an opt-out after this year and the Orioles are, aren't going to be anxious to give no. up two or three prospects in a trade for, for a half a season of uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, what could you do? You probably could go to Rodriguez and not tear the entire contract up and say, hey, we'll pay you $25 million a year for the, the remaining right. three years. But maybe you could offer seven, eight, nine million dollars to buy out his option, his opt-out. So it makes the contract more like a $20 million contract per year for the next three years. Let me let me pose this, because those things, probably none of that is going to happen until at the earliest, you know, June. Yeah, late June. You yeah. know, something like that. In the meantime... Yeah. They're going to let Dean Kramer start the night in Atlanta, which is one of the most eternal pitching mismatches. This almost smells like reverse lock, right? Like when you yeah, look at this, ma- it almost so sm- is tomorrow night. Spencer yeah, Strider against Kyle Bradish. Right? Yeah, is I said on Sunday I thought that that should have been about it for Dean Kramer at this point after Saturday night. That you say it's time to let somebody else have a shot. Which isn't casting aside Dean Kramer. It's saying the games are too important right now. Right. Somebody else has to move into that role, and we have to see if that guy can help us every fifth day. And if Dean Kramer can get back to doing the things they did a year ago, we'll probably need a pitcher again at some point. Look, we can't control what Tampa Bay does until we play them. That's fact. Okay. But right now, it's beginning to look like Tampa Bay is going to do the Detroit Tiger thing from 1984 and just be run away and hide. But if you look at, there are two wild cards in the American League, and anything can happen in a short series, as we saw with the uh, Florida Panthers playing the Bruins, right? Um, Anything can happen. There are two wild cards, and we certainly are really in the hunt for one of those, you know, Uh, and... You know, nobody else. Houston isn't running away with their division. Um, In fact, Texas is in first place. Houston is in – no, the Angels are in second place right right now. Right, right. Boy, if the playoffs started tomorrow, it would be a whole new ballgame. Yeah, right. But but we figure 
we're going to be good enough to be in the hunt for a wild card. I just want to make sure it's it's three wild cards now. Yeah, yes. it's three yes. wild cards three now. Wild yeah, cards it's three wild cards. Three now. division winners, yeah. three wild cards. It's three wild cards now in the MLB. Starting playoffs. this year? I think it started last year. Started right? last year. Yeah, yeah. It started last year. Really? With three wild cards, yeah. yes. I got to be so, honest. I want, but I there, want, are still, there are still people that believe that all three could come from the AL right. East. Like, it's no, still, yeah. especially because you don't have the same unbalanced schedules this year. Yeah. But the point being to me, I think that you have to. I get that you want to point out what Dean Kramer was from a year ago, and I get it. And I'm not trying to say just toss him in the trip. This is not an Austin Votes situation where he's out of options. Right. This to me is a you get a month. If in a month you're not helping, you're not benefiting the team, then you don't just get to keep getting Stroud out there every fifth day in hopes of finding that guy. And I get it. The you're not overwhelmed by what your alternatives would be. It would be the D.L. Hall experiment and saying, or, hey, look. Or I'll, uh, Cole Irvin. Or go, well, Cole yeah. Irvin's been. Yeah, know, he hasn't been he had one. He had one good start last time out, but he's yeah. been rough. Bruce Zimmerman has actually pitched well at right. AAA this season, and the guy that's pitched the best of all of them, but, it, seem, but it seems aggressive, right? It seems right. like it's probably too quick to go to Drew Rom. And I think that you'd be better served trying to get an answer, say, on D.L. Hall. Like You decided you needed to do the experiment where you stretched him out. There's a part of me that it's like, hey, at some point it becomes S or get off the pot. Yeah. Like, let's go. Figure out if he's going to help you as a starter because if not, let's get on with the next step of this process and finding him a role in the bullpen and moving forward from that. To me, I think this is kind of last call for Dean Kramer. It, to me, it would have already been last call for Dean Kramer. But tonight, to me, would be last call for Dean Kramer. If it's a mess again, I think it's time to do something different. Boy, I think I think back to those two games in Houston last year where Kramer and uh, Bradish were just absolutely brilliant. Kind of, and I, you know, I'm I'm not ready to toss him aside yet. Uh, and I, you're not saying you could toss him aside. No, you'd say you'd, uh, he's got an option, but uh, I, I would have give them both a little bit more rope. You know, until when? What would be your probably another, including this start, probably two more starts after that. Okay, maybe. I mean, depending. I mean, if it's like an inning and third, seven runs, I'm I'm sort of checking into your camp. But if he pitches six innings or five and two thirds and gives up four runs, he hasn't done his job, but he hasn't really been awful. Okay. No. You say he's not wearing. That's the point that Rob brought up the other day. He's not bringing down the rest of the rotation, the rest of the staff in the process, right? Because he at least gives you some innings and he at least gets you through competitively. Yeah. I can understand the argument. I just, boy, the games are so important right now to me that it's 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 tough to stomach someone who hasn't been helpful going out there again and well and know, just hoping for the for a better result. You know, it's it's always very interesting when you have one of these teams gets off to this kind of start like Tampa right now no, because we kept saying nuts. Well, yeah, they they haven't played anybody. Well, yeah. well now they played Houston and yes. Pittsburgh. Yeah, and they won five out of six. Yeah, they're real. Houston. There's no debating yeah. what Tampa is. They yeah. are real. All right, Stan, the fan, Charles. Uh, it is a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We talked to our next guest just a couple of weeks ago after he had made it official that he was retiring and I remember him telling us, I'm going to dip my toes into broadcasting this year. And he couldn't tell us what it was because it wasn't official yet. And I remember Stan and I both saying at that point, 
oh, he's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to be really good at this. And it turns out that team is the Atlanta Braves that he's dipping his toes into the broadcasting waters with this season after he spent last season with them. He is an Orioles legend. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program the great Darren O'Day, who's with us now here on GCR. Darren, it's Glenn and Stan back in Baltimore. It's great to catch up again, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's great to catch up with you, man. How much? Okay, so I know you haven't done a ton yet. I know you did a few games. Have you enjoyed it? Did it sort of kind of quench your feeling for baseball a little bit? Did you find yourself saying, ah, no, this is lame. I, I'd rather be throwing a ball or I, I can't do that. What was your feeling like doing <laughs> games? Uh, yeah, it was, I enjoyed it more than I ever thought I would. Uh, the games, they go by so fast when you're, when you're having fun. And, and I did six games with Ben Ingram on the, the Braves radio network. And, and he's such a pro. My respect for, for play-by-play radio guys has really grown after working with him. And he just, he made it easy on me and we just had fun and, and screwed around quite a bit, which is, uh, is my forte. So uh, we had a good time. We, we gave the, the fans the baseball they needed and a, and a couple laughs in between. Darren, uh, I'm wondering, you used the phrase that the, the games go by so fast when you're having fun, but they're going by yeah, fast the now. By they're fast they're now. all going by fast. Is there time? Well, I don't know. I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the O's played a three-and-a-half-hour game yesterday. I know. I, I know. That like, was a, this, this feels like the, the days of old. Yes. Yes, it does. I'm wondering, you're not that experienced at the broadcasting thing. Is there time to get in what you feel like you need to get in with how fast the game moves today? Uh, it, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, the, the pitch clock has been fantastic overall. I'm, I'm really enjoying watching the pace of baseball. But as a radio guy, you know, the fans can't see the, the action. So you have to make sure the play-by-play guy gets in every 20 seconds to, to call the play. So I've, I've gotten better at telling stories or explaining things, you know, in bits and pieces in between the pitches. But it's been a fun adjustment, a lot of learning. Um, but I, I've found that I, I love talking about baseball. Uh, yeah. um, I'm actually doing some of the, the TV game tonight with the O's and, O's and Braves. I'm doing it on the Braves Network. Awesome. That is very, very cool, man. Um, of course, I, although these are completely different guys, obviously. Like, I was thinking about it. I don't even know that you know any of these guys at this point in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Santander was there with me. Okay, that's true, yeah. Uh, we, used to call, we used to call him Midnight Tony because the guy would wear his sunglasses any time of day. Uh, yeah, Hayes, Mountcastle, Mullins. All those guys were there. So, that, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them today uh, at batting practice. That's awesome. Catch up a little bit. That's awesome, man. Darren O'Day is with us here on GCR. Darren, I want to ask you about the Braves because, um, you know, they're good, obviously. Stan and I were joking right now. It seems like uh, some of the greatest pitching mismatches of all time these first couple of days. But I, Max Fried is pitching to a .45 ERA, which every time I look at that, I keep thinking to myself, that can't be real. There's no way that's possible. What in the world yeah. is going on with that dude? We knew he was good. This is otherworldly at this point. Yeah. Yeah, the, the O's are in for a good test this weekend. They're facing the, the three guys in the Braves rotation that, that are pitching the best. And Max, uh, Max Freed, is, he's a pretty special guy. He's, you know, he could very easily just rest on his laurels and say, I'm a Cy Young candidate every year I go out there. But every year he, he goes and he works on, on something. He tries to, you know, refine his curveball, refine – he learns a new changeup grip. And this year he changed the shape of his slider a little bit, and uh, he changed some things in his diet, and he feels better than ever. So 
Um, yeah, the O's have obviously off to a hot start with all these young guys coming up and just contributing right away. Uh, but this weekend will be a good test to kind of find out, you know, where they fall against one of the best teams in the National League. Darren, I wanted to ask you about Max Freed. The, the, the Braves do such a great job at signing their own. Do you have a sense of whether they – I mean, they clearly are going to want to sign Freed, but have they missed a window to get him signed to a somewhat sane contract, which the Braves seem to like sane <laughs> contracts? Yeah. I, I Personally, if I had to you know, bet a toe or a finger, mm-hmm. I don't think Max is going to re-sign with the Braves, not because of anything Max has told me. Right. It's just the organizational philosophy. If you look at all their long-term contracts, they're all mostly position players. Yep. Um, obviously, Strider was an exception. Uh, but Max, I, I think in the past, they've tried to work something out. Uh, Max knows his value, and I just don't know if the Braves are comfortable going to a number that is going to get Max to, to stay here. And, and the Braves are in a good spot. You know, here in the southeast, it's warm. Uh, people can live here year-round. Atlanta's uh, actually a great city. It's where I call home now. So the Braves have a lot of things going on for them that brings that makes players want to stay here for a long time. So, you know, only Max knows what he's going to do. But uh, I personally can't see him staying. Okay. Darren O'Day is with us here on GCR Orioles-Braves this weekend. Darren, you bring that up. I mean, like, it's – it's jealousy around baseball, right? And and, and it, you can kind of touch on it because, as you said, like you're you're feeling it. You decided to make it home. How is it happening? And and how much is it sort of proving to be like the new right way of doing business? What the Braves have done, and I know it's not easy to convince everybody to play for, you know, maybe a little bit lesser as Stan pointed out, sane deals that they've been offering. But how has it yeah. worked that the Braves have made this their business model? And and is it proving to be for all other teams, for teams like the Orioles who are in the infancy, this is the model that you should be attempting to replicate as you try to build a winner. Yeah, it's, I think so. Baltimore fans know better than any that the you know baseball success goes in cycles, right? There's windows. When when I got there, the team was rebuilding, and we brought in some veterans, and we started winning. We had all this young talent, and we were good for four or five years, and then you know talent gets expensive and you trade away your farm system at the deadline and all that stuff to, to improve your postseason chances. Well, I think what the Braves figured out is they have a, a great organization here. That the guys love playing here because it's, it's kind of the right size market. It's not too big. It's not too small. Media is not too tough. And so they said, instead of us just having a three or four year window, let's go ahead and take a little bit of risk and lock these guys up long term and, and we know we can extend our window out to six to eight years and and continue to develop their farm system while they're still winning which it's going to be an interesting experiment to see how many other teams follow suit you know the orioles are coming up on a period where all these young guys that they've done a great job drafting and developing if they keep playing like they are they're going to get pretty expensive pretty quick <laughs> i mean adley rutschman might already be too expensive that's the problem he might already be at the point where He's a 200-plus million guy, and we've not even seen him for a full year yet at this point. That's how good he is. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I, I really, Mark, it's, people don't appreciate catchers enough. Like, a good catcher that can call a game and frame and throw and hit and lead your team changes the, the entire persona on the team. He takes so much pressure off the pitchers. Um, he's obviously a great hitter for the position as well, and, and from what I've heard, a good person and a good leader. So, 
you know, I know when, when I was in Baltimore and we had weeders and yep. we knew who was going to be back there every day and we knew he was going to be in a lineup, it was just like, okay, I know. He knows where I'm at and what I'm throwing well, and he knows these hitters because he's back there all the time and he's a smart guy. It's just – it makes it easier to do your job, and I think that's what Adley's doing for, for the O's now. Darren, I'm just curious, how closely are you watching other teams right now as a broadcaster? You got to see, I'm sure, the Mets play. Uh, and my question really, my question really goes back to February, uh, April twenty first. They were fourteen and seven since that time, and and what you call it, uh, Scherzer got suspended yeah. two days prior to that, or something like that. They've gone two and nine. Now you know Buck Showalter as well as anybody, and I know you're a big fan of his. This this seems like a nightmare scenario for Buck to navigate. Do you think he'll navigate through this successfully? I think, well, going back a little bit before yep. this year, I think that the perfect hire for that job was Buck Showalter mm-hmm. because he can handle those personalities and those big salaries and in the market and the expectations. So if anybody can handle this, I think it's Buck. Um, it's it's tough when you have, you know, we had a year in Baltimore where we were. Uh, we had all this talent, but we were just weren't performing. It's tough to put your finger on why, but I know that New York team is, is going to come back and, and they're going to be good. There's just too much talent. Um, and it also, when Scherzer's out, you're playing a man short on your pitching staff. Which yeah. affects everybody. Um, we went through that with Brian Mattis for six games, and we only had six guys in our bullpen for almost a week. And it's just uh, – it's it puts a lot of stress on everybody else in the lineup, and you're going to have a lot of roster moves, a lot of turnover. And then the Mets have had a bunch of rainouts and doubleheaders. It's just tough to do shorthanded. Darren, can I, can I ask you about because Stan and I were just talking before you came on. The Orioles, you know, it, for as well as things have gone, the starting pitching has been troublesome. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're probably mm-hmm. going to need to try to acquire someone before the deadline. And in the moment, there's, you know, the guy that struggled, struggled the most, which is hard to point out because they've all struggled, is Dean Kramer, who pitched really well a year ago. I wonder what this is like. Can you take me inside a team, and you're winning, and things yeah. are going well, and you're in the bullpen, and you're doing your job, which, of course, you always did. Like, what's the conversation like when someone, you're you know, a month in, and it's just not been working, and you're a good baseball team? Do you start saying to somebody, hey, are, are we going to keep doing this every fifth day? Like, h- how does this affect the team when there's when you're good and there's one particular starter that's struggling so much, and it does cause you know your bullpen to be attacked a little bit more. Yeah, it, starting pitching again is the most it's the hardest thing to develop, and it's the, for me it's probably the most important position on the on the team because they changed the scope of the game for everybody else. And even in in my time in Baltimore, we had some good starting rotations and we had some weaker ones, and and when you're when you're not hitting um, and you're down two or three runs in the first inning, you know, it just feels like, oh, man, here we go again. But the way the Orioles are hitting right now, I don't think they're out of any game. Um, so I think, you know, with, with the offensive firepower the O's have, I don't think they're getting too worried about it uh, because they always feel like they're in the game, you know, because they can always put some runs on the board. So you just kind of know what you have to work with. And, and I know that the O's have, you know, a rich minor league system. And one of those guys, if, if, if one of the starting five just doesn't perform, they're going to get replaced because the team has expectations now. You know, it's not like the Orioles of two or three years ago where we're just trying to 
develop players and get guys big league reps. Now we're we're trying to win games and and you know challenge the big boys of the East. We refer to that era as the Rio Ruiz era. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Rio, <laughs> poor Rio. It's nice guy. Nice guy. He's a nice D- guy. Darren, actually, I think yeah. we might be able to solve a problem for the Braves. Now, hear me out on this one. You said they're probably not going to be able to sign Freed, right? So how about we okay. we swap? We send you Kramer for Freed since you can't sign him anyway, uh-huh. right? I and, like that. And we'll just take yeah. him off the hands, and that that way you don't have to worry about it. And you know, Kramer's around for a little bit longer, and and the guys down there are pretty good at getting the best out of somebody. How do so, you think that conversation would yeah, go if you brought one. that up for, one for one, if you for brought free. that up for us uh, with Alex? You throw me in some crab cakes, I'd I'd have to consider it. But, uh, <laughs> Probably no, not going to work. I don't know out if they're going to go for that. Probably not going to work out yeah. that way. Darren O'Day, yeah. The Braves, Sorry. They, yeah, they've just done a great job of, like I said, extending that winning window, and, and I think you'll see other teams sort of follow suit to kind of lock guys up early a little bit. Hey, it's pretty neat to watch. Hey, Darren, I know what a big fan you are of Bucks, but now you've got to play for Brian Snitker and observe him. What is his secret sauce? Why does he get so much out of that team? Uh, I think I think Snit's greatest quality is just his steadiness. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's an old school approach. He's, you know, he's a Bobby Cox disciple. Yep. Uh, not quite as fiery as Bobby Cox, but he's just the same guy every day. When you need a little pick me up, you know, I'll give you a little pick me up, but uh, he really does a good job of just keeping the ship on course and, and managing, managing where he needs to, and then letting the players play. Um, you know, he's every year the Braves have one or two guys that play over 160 games and, and he believes in his guys. So, when you have the caliber of players that he has and you put them out there 160 times a year, you're going to do pretty well. But he does a great job of just kind of steering the ship. Darren, uh, we look forward. I know this weekend it's down in Atlanta. Hopefully at some point in the next couple of years, it's an assignment that brings you back up here to Baltimore. And I know uh, the Orioles are looking at uh, your era of guys and trying to start getting you guys into the Orioles Hall of Fame as well because uh, those will be special weekends to celebrate that era of sure. Orioles baseball. Uh, of course, Orioles Braves this weekend. Darren's doing TV down in Atlanta at doday56 on Twitter is how you can follow him. Darren, always enjoy the conversation, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Uh, yeah, guys, love that. love talking baseball. So it'll be a fun weekend. I can't wait to see see what happens. Great yeah, to thanks. catch up. Great to catch up. Darren O'Day with us here on GCR, of course, former Orioles pitcher, now doing uh, radio and TV. In it, I think he's going to like going to Alex with that offer. I think you walk in and you say, "Look, Kramer. you know, we're going to solve this problem for you. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't, can't sign, sign free, free right? right? So, let's... and you can keep him if he brings it up now. You can say, and you keep him another month. Yeah, sure. You okay, know? yeah, I think we can live yeah. with that. One yeah. more month, and then we do the swap, right? <laughs> and then we make it." I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know. I mean, if they can get it done tonight, going. that'd be great. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Just right say before, before the game, game right? Like, you see that white jersey you're planning on putting on tonight. Funny thing about that is. And we could throw in Rio Ruiz. Yeah, sure. We could sign him back for the week. I think he played for Atlanta, too. Did he, he end up? That does sound familiar. Yeah. Well, he started with the Astros, right? Right. Because he was a guy that they loved. No, nah, maybe he didn't. He ended up with Colorado. Did Nunez end up with the Braves? I. Stan, the number of times in my life that I confused Renato Nunez and Rio Ruiz. Right. No, Renato Nunez went to Detroit. Ah, Rio Ruiz. Did play for Atlanta. Before the Orioles was in Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, I knew that. He never actually got to Houston. 
he was in a the minor leagues with Houston. He was in the Evan Gaddis trade. He and Mike. Oh, Fult- okay. He and Mike Fult- Fultonovich were both in the Evan Gaddis trade. Evan Gaddis trade, yeah. So that worked out. Um, oh man. Mm, oh, I think it worked out okay for Atlanta. Fernando Nunez was on the Toros de Tijuana. Oh, okay. Well, but that's he was, he was actually released like two days ago. Well, that's, so you're saying he's available? Well, oh. yeah, yeah, you're, he is. Can he can he pitch? <laughs> is the question because that's the problem. Maybe the they moment. need to bring back Hanser Alberto. He can pitch. Uh, he can pitch actually. <laughs> pitches a lot. You're not wrong about that. Orioles Braves for the weekend, as Stan brought up. It's not just tonight that's problematic on paper with Dean Kramer and Max Fried, but tomorrow night, Cal Bradish and Spencer Strider, and then on Sunday, Tyler Wells against Bryce Elder. Those are your pitching matchups for the weekend. And again, that Sunday game starts at 11.30, both on Peacock and NBC. And on NBC over the air, and tomorrow night is on Fox alone. So no Matt tonight on Masson. No Masson. No Masson the rest of the weekend. No Masson. This is not like a. It's kind of like on Roberto Duran. No, no Masson. No yes, no correct. No Masson. Not bad, Stan. That's not bad. That's at one all. of my better ones. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no mess, and it's not like the early rounds of the basketball playoffs. So you can watch on your local broadcaster and on national TV, just national TV, for the next two games after tonight. Stan is here. Uh, you can be headed out to check out all of the area minor league baseball teams this summer, but you got to go to pressboxonline.com slash contest, and what you can sign up to win is four tickets for all of the area minor league baseball teams, plus... An Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around to all of those minor league parks. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. The sweepstakes ends June 14th. Get over to pressboxonline.com contests right now in order to get signed up. Just real one quick thing. The Orioles, after this three-game series with Atlanta, we have Tampa come yep. in for three. Pittsburgh come in for three, and then before we hit the road again, the Angels and Shohei Otani mm-hmm. come in for four games. Uh, I just wanted to let our listeners yeah, know obviously that Shohei would really be worth the price correct, of admission. 100%. I expect a if presuming Shohei pitches during yeah, that in series. a four game series, you I, would look, think I the think that anytime he's playing baseball, it's worth going I was, to look. I was, already look yeah, I was already looking at it. He's either lined up to pitch that Sunday or on Monday, so it's possible we might miss him. I'm wow. Not sure. I know. It'd be crazy. Well, that would be very disappointing. It would be. Well, would, because yeah. I wanted to go, so that's why I was trying to figure out when he pitches. Again, I still think he's worth going out to right, watch, right. even if he doesn't yeah. pitch, but if he pitches, I would expect there to be like a walk-up crowd of four to 5,000 additional people yeah. just for that game. Yeah, I would he's, think they'd have on a weeknight and and one of those games is a one thirty. Uh, wait a minute. I think they get the last game of the last series. game is yeah. a twelve thirty five game. I could see that being close to thirty thousand. Oh, people. it could be a massive crowd yeah. for that game. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Um. Oh, you know what, Pablo? Did you understand the Luis Torrens thing at all? Can you? What they acquired him from the yeah, uh, but no the, options. Right. Like, so he's coming up. What happened was about a week ago, and I'm sure Griffin followed this. Remember the game where. He had McCann was McCann was catching, I believe, and it was the eighth inning, and the Orioles had a two-run oh. lead, and he pinch hit for McCann, which meant that Rutschman had, had to, to come in the, the game. game. But was that one of the double headers or maybe? No, I don't think or, it was it, a double it was, header. It was, but it was, it, was, it, was I, I, it was a White Sox game a couple weeks. ago. I think it was a White Sox game, and I'm going, what is he doing? Why would you leave yourself? I don't think they want to leave themselves with any game where they only have the catcher that's in the game 
in, in the game, you know, being the only catcher that they have. And that's worth the roster, roster spot? I mean. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who goes. I mean, you know, is it McKenna? Is it Stowers again? Or is it, do they buy a week's time with uh, Hayes? Maybe DLing Hayes? Uh, hey, uh, Austin Hayes? I, that, that's, I don't know. It's the tricky part because the part that Griffin just asked is the part that I'm struggling with. Is like, it I, worth I, a roster I hear spot. the argument. Yeah. I do, but. Well, clearly, these two catchers that they have, yes. there's enough. There's enough something to McCann's bat. Yes. Now, McCann's not Robinson Chirinos or Severino or Chance Cisco, and he's a good defender too. So he's going to play a good bit, and all of a sudden he becomes a valuable guy to DH. Maybe play him at first if Matt. So you're going to have game days where you want both of them in the lineup. And it's a little scary if you get an injury. I, 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 it feels like you're looking for the, you know, it's funny, we just mentioned Josh Gaddis. It feels like you're looking for... Evan Gaddis. Ev- yeah, sorry, not Josh. I don't know who is. Josh Gaddis is the coach, right? He's a coordinator, right? He was at Maryland, wasn't he? Am I, I, I'm, that name rings I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I don't think I'm making that up. But yes, Evan Gaddis, right? It feels like you're looking for... The ideal thing is to have a player that can play a couple of positions. Yes. Yeah. That has a bit of that is could also be your emergency catcher right. in these situations. That would be the ideal if you see this problem ahead of time and say we're going to want both McCann and Rutschman in the lineup some days. Then you're thinking ahead on that and saying then we should add a third player to this roster that also has the ability to catch. Right. That could that can do some other things. Luis Torrens doesn't really offer you much of it. Like, he's not a bad. He's only an emergency catcher. He's, he's a little bit more uh, – The what I've observed about Torrens, he was originally in that Seattle-San Diego trade, uh, the the one that sent Nola to uh, – Okay. And Ty France and okay. Torrens went to Seattle. I, I like Torrens a little bit. Okay. He's more than just a, a bum to me. I mean, a good bit more than a bump. Thank, thank you. Know. you. Josh Gaddis did just return to Maryland as their yeah. offense coordinator. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not crazy. I was wrong, but I'm not crazy. And those, <laughs> that's an important difference. Well, I you weren't just, wrong. You misspoke. Sure. Yeah. But it, it, yeah okay. You, right. You yeah. That's misspoke. exactly right. That's all I did. I'm never wrong. What are we talking about? Yeah. Thank you, Stan. Griffin's wrong. I 100%. A lot of the time. So many times. Not a lot. So many times. You see what happened when he showed up late today. Everything yeah. went to hell. Yeah. Everything. One wrong button was pressed and. Do you think Colson knows that he showed up late? Oh, boy. We might have to have that conversation. He may now. Yeah, right. That might have to happen. I was actually scrambling this morning. It's a long story. I don't know why. I I had to be in at a certain time today, and it's apparently that's when all of the school buses. Uh, I swear to God. You didn't know that? That's Every why I single come, one that's of That's why I come in when I come in. Is you avoid the school buses in that process. Definitely. Well, where I live, I have the problem of there's only one, one lane roads for – there's not a second lane for 15 minutes into my drive, so a school bus can seriously wreck my day. And can't was, Colson get you an apartment around you here? You know, we should t- look into that, yeah. right? I feel like I've been here for should a be decade. A Glenn Clark radio sh- it's uh, show. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like guest day there. Yeah. yeah, right. If they want to come in the night yeah. before, exactly right. We can look into that. Hey, we'll look into talking to Bo Smolka when we come back in. Ravens held the press conference Always yesterday. Always look forward to that. hundred percent. We'll talk about uh, what we learned. Not a lot to think that they handled their business appropriately in the press conference yesterday. Everybody put on the right face, said whatever happened in the past doesn't matter. That's the way it goes. And honestly, I know that we all have kind of a bloodthirst for information, but I think that's the right thing for everybody to do. But we'll talk about that. And we haven't talked to Bo yet 
about uh, what they did and did not do in the draft. So we'll do all that next. Stan the Fan is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. That first sip, that first bite, mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. If you're thinking about betting the Kentucky Derby this weekend... I am. I know you are. Do you, have you decided how you're going to bet yet? I'm betting that uh, you're Japanese, going the Japanese horse. Japanese horse. Yeah. Randy Moss really loves him. Uh, Randy What's Moss. What's his name? Very high. Der- Derma... Oh, God. I've already Takas- forgotten. Takasaki? Oh, uh, yeah. That's something like that. Yoshida. Yoshida? No, that's the other <laughs> that's, guy. That's the Red Yeah, Sox that's guy. the guy. He's killing it, by Otani? the way. Otani? I don't think it's Otani, no. It's Derma Sotagaki. Sotagaki. Derma Sotagaki. You know, somebody in Japan would be wise to name a horse Otani. I mean, why wouldn't you? 100%, man. By the way, if you give him 5%. You bring up Yoshida, my. He's unbelievable, isn't he? He is absolutely unbelievable. And despite the it, fact, despite the fact he's It's like playing with a hand tied behind your back, and yeah. yet he's still killing it right now. Yeah. 
If you're thinking about betting the Kentucky Derby, what I would encourage you to do is make sure that you have taken advantage of all of the offers and incentives that are available to you for sports betting here in the state of Maryland. Like, for example, you can get five second-chance bets from PointsBet when you deposit and bet your first $50. So if you get something wrong, if you bet Dermasodagaki and it just doesn't work out, you'll get another bet that will show up and a free one for you to make instead. But the only way to do it is to go to pressboxonline.com offers, click on the PointsBet logo, and that'll get you through. There's no passcode that you can use, nothing like that. you got to go to pressboxonline.com offers and sign up that way. Ravens held their press conference yesterday uh, after Lamar Jackson signed his five-year extension. Let's talk about that and the other events of the week, the draft, Rocky Scene, all of it with our Press Box Ravens beat writer, Mr. Bo Smolka, who's back with us on GCR. Bo, it's Glenn and Stan. Always good to catch up, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hi, good morning. You're welcome. Bo, um, I thought yesterday everybody, you know, I thought there were a couple little interesting things in there. Like, I think Lamar saying he's going to show up for OTAs was interesting. But for the most part, I thought it was presenting a unified front. Whatever happened in the past is irrelevant. We're all good. And I know that's that's disappointing to those of us who want the information and want to know all of the little ins and outs. But given where they are, it seemed like that was about as much as you could ask for in a public front from that group of guys, given how the last few months have gone. Yeah, I just think the whole mood of the building yesterday was just kind of a collective relief that it's over and that they can move forward. And it happens in contract negotiations with other players. It gets bitter, it gets testy, and then it works out, and they kind of hug and make up. Um, But obviously the stakes here were so high. uh, It dragged on for a long time, but it just seemed like everyone was eager to put it behind them and move forward. Yeah, we we asked Lamar Jackson about the – trade request he wanted no part of revisiting that um he also didn't really say anything about what extent the Jalen Hurts contract might have done in terms of um accelerating talks between the two sides it seemed like that was probably a factor he he would not go there uh he simply said are the numbers met and we came to an agreement kind of thing but I I do believe that was a factor uh but as I said I just think it was collective relief that they now know they know where they're at they know who they have they know what kind of cap space they have now after that which was also a big question they had to figure out and both sides now now seem ready to go forward i will say i was the one that had said oh lamar jackson said yeah i'll be here for otas but then there were other people in the press there that yesterday that didn't take it that way and then i went back and listened and what he said um he was asked about otas and he said otas like a question and he said i'll be here soon i'll be here soon so I had listened to that live. I thought he said he'd be here for OTAs. Some people were not as convinced. I guess we'll see. The first OTA is May 22nd. That's the first of the 10 OTA workouts. And so we will we'll see then whether he's there. But I think everybody is excited now that they know the quarterback. Uh, Todd Munkins here with a new offense. They have this new group of receivers, and they feel, it feels like there's a lot of potential offensively. Hey, uh, Bo, we had here behind Glenn the Lamaro meter, yeah. and that that meter. Yeah, I remember that. That meter went from anywhere from like forty percent to eighty percent through much of it. In listening to parts of that uh, press conference yesterday, I got the sense that Lamar actually did a really good job 
keeping everybody in suspense whether he would want to move or what, but that he didn't really activate anything to move anywhere else. I mean, it doesn't sound like he initiated any talks with any other teams. Um, your take on that? My take on it is, I mean, I, I do think genuinely, I think he was genuine in that he wanted to be here. Yeah. I also think, I also think if a team had come forward with a $225 million fully guaranteed contract, that perspective might've changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I think generally he likes being here. I think he feels comfortable here. He knows everybody, he knows the staff, he knows everything. So, and they built an offense specifically for him. Now, how much that might change now we'll see, but I do, I think generally he's comfortable here. Um, I think if another team had really come forward hard after him, then I think he would have listened. He never really made clear. He said there were some uh, discussions, or it was vague about how much any other teams got involved. Right. Um, I don't believe, as far as we know, there were no offer sheets made of any kind. And and I just think that if 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 a team had come at him hard, that would have maybe been different. But I do I do think he's genuine that he wanted that he likes being here. A follow up to that is if you were writing a column on Eric DaCosta sort of how he stood tall, uh, would it be a positive column, uh, you know, about Eric's, how he did his job through this? I mean, probably because ultimately he got the player he wanted and he got the, probably roughly speaking, he got the contract he wanted. I mean, I I think as a a general manager, always looking for to make the contracts as much of a value for you and the team as you can to give you more money to spend elsewhere. But I think he was reasonable. I don't think I, – look, he, Eric DaCosta took plenty of shots over the past year and a yep, half yep. about why didn't you get this done? Why didn't you get this done? Why? What are they waiting for? And Eric DaCosta said many times, implied, and I don't know the ins and outs, but he basically said what we're waiting for is for Lamar Jackson. He said more than once we'll operate at Lamar Jackson's urgency. So to some extent it, was not, it wasn't up to Eric DaCosta when this would get done. Uh, but I do think he had a, a – a, strategy he had an idea of how he wanted to go about it he probably had uh walking orders marching orders from steve bishotti that they were not going to go fully guaranteed um and so working with parameters and the values and all of those things and then not dealing with an agent and that's also tricky he's yep. got, now he also did that with roquan smith so he has some experience dealing directly with players but a lot of things were complicated about this, and it certainly took a toll on DaCosta. I mean, he was—he said it. He said there were some dark days. He called it a burden at times. I don't think he enjoyed a whole lot of this at all. But I do think he had a strategy of where he wanted this to look like at the end, and I think he got pretty much where he wanted it to look like. He is Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us here on GCR. Uh, Bo, now that we move on from Lamar Jackson, of course, we look at the roster on the whole. The Ravens decided to go wide receiver, and as to your point, I think there's a lot of reason for excitement about what the Ravens could present offensively. I guess now the question kind of swings to the other side. Is Rocky seen enough to feel comfortable with what – this is a franchise that has preached in recent years about building from the outside in defensively and building through cornerback – is Rocky seen enough for you to feel comfortable there? Or are you maybe a little bit concerned about what it is that they're presenting at the cornerback position at the moment? I mean, I've, I've seen this team enough times to, to say that I don't think you're ever not concerned about the cornerback position. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they feel like 
they still feel like Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams are going to be good corners for them. I know Armour Davis had a really rough start his rookie year last year, got thrown in there in a couple bad spots and just did not play well, got benched, got hurt, and he was done. Um, Brandon Stevens, remember, Brandon Stevens came here as a college cornerback, and the Ravens projected him to be a safety. Then they looked around and said, hey, you know what? Let's, let's try you back at cornerback. Um, and I think he's there now, too. Um, but I do think that I think they'll still look to add to the cornerback position. I know they have plenty of numbers there right now, but um, no, I don't think you can be fully comfortable with the cornerback setup, even having just signed a scene. Uh, you've got, like I said, you've got Stevens, you've got Armour Davis, you've got Pepe Williams, you've got some other guys, and Kyle Hamilton, who may or may not play a little bit of slot, as we saw some last year. We don't know what, quite what they'll do with him, but. Um, as, John, as Eric DaCosta said last week, lack of depth at corners is an easy way to get beat. And it is. It always has been. It always will be. So I think they will continue to look to shore up that position. I think they have to look to shore up that position. I just don't know what the options are for going about doing that. Yes, you know, you could still bring back Marcus Peters, but he wasn't great a year ago. It seems yeah. like you're kind of going quantity over quality at the moment if that's the route that you go. But the other area that I just don't know that anybody's talking about, like I, I thought when Nolan Smith was on the board at that point, I thought it was totally plausible that that was the way the Ravens were going to go in round one of the NFL draft. And I, I'll admit it was probably the way that I was leaning that I thought they should go at that point. I know they've spent a lot of assets draft-wise at the edge rush position in recent years with Adafi Owe and with David Ajabo a year ago. And maybe David Ajabo, you know, with a healthy offseason, has come in and going to be proving to be the rock star that people thought was a first-round talent. But I still think there's a fair amount of questions there about what exactly they can expect from this edge rush department as constructed. I, I think that's a fair question. Um, and, you know, they could have gone in with a cornerback in the first round, too. Yep. They passed up corner, but a couple of good cornerbacks to, to stick with, say, Flowers. So, um, they obviously made the commitment to offense in that way. And whether that board was stacked and they saw Flowers as their top-rated guys, I think. But they, they, they think David Ajabo is going to be the first-round player that he was supposed to be before his Achilles went out on him, right? I mean, last it was always a long view with him. Plays for um, McDonald at Michigan. McDonald knows him very well. And they do expect, they expect him to be there this year in a way that he couldn't have been last year. Um, Adafi Owe is one that I think they have every right to expect more from him. Um, it was kind of disconcerting how he kind of vanished at times last year. And those are two, look, that's a first-round pick and a basically first-round pick that fell because of his right. torn Achilles that, that you've drafted in the last two years. So you certainly expect that kind of production. And then you've got Tyus Bowser, who's kind of a you know jack-of-all-trades guy out there as well. They did – uh, draft Tavius Robinson in the fourth round out of Mississippi. And at the time, Eric DaCosta said he sees a lot of Zadarius Smith in him. Now, Zadarius Smith kind of worked his way over the course of three or four years to become the player he was when he left as a free agent. And I think with fourth-round picks, that's probably a fair trajectory to expect. I don't think they expect Tavius Robinson to come in and dominate right off the bat as a rookie. But, yeah, they do expect O.A. and Ajabo to be impact guys right now because – Always going to his third year. Ajabo is now fully healthy, and, and they got those guys for that job. Bo, apparently this trade the Ravens made on Saturday to get back in with a seventh-round pick, you mentioned the long view on Ajabo. 
Of course, Ajabo would have been the number one pick. But I talked to somebody who really follows the draft, and he told me that the guard that they picked with Andrew, that seventh Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Voorhees, Voorhees yeah. of USC, who hurt his knee last year, probably would have been like a third or fourth round pick. Uh, but he'll be sort of stashed, is the way I understand it, this year to re- rehab. Well, I mean, honestly, it's a very intriguing pick. Yeah, yeah. I know some people who follow the uh, the Pac-12 who are really high in Andrew Voorhees. He started, I think, all five years. He was a you know first team All American this year with USC. Then he tears his ACL at the combine, so that puts him out of commission for the year, and they know that. So they trade back in. They traded a sixth round pick from next year for him, and if you took if you can convert that sixth round pick from next year into a guy who say two years from now, is a starting guard for you. It's a fantastic um, trade. Even my Kevin Seitler probably will be gone by then. But, yeah, Voorhees will basically spend this entire year, I would think, on what's called the non-football injury list, which is because he won't technically go on IR because, he, as the as the NFL defines it, he didn't get hurt playing football. Um, and so he'll, he can be stashed all year for the Ravens, and he can rehab his knee. He's had other injuries in college, so that's a concern. But at the same time, as I said, he's a first-team All-American. He's a multi-year starter at USC, and it didn't cost you much to get him. And, you know, you by drafting him, it, he didn't become a, a free agent lottery where you'd have to outbid other teams for him. Mm-hmm. And you gave up a six-round pick. I think is a really, really intriguing draft pick. I'm wondering if you've had a chance to scan the list of the undrafted free agents, and have you talked to any people? Are there any intriguing names there? especially at defensive secondary? To be honest, I haven't yet, Stan. Uh, okay. The rookie minicamp starts today, and it's today and tomorrow, and we'll be out there. Okay. Uh, I'll be out there tomorrow. Now, we're not able to watch practice tomorrow. We're only able to interview uh, John Harbaugh and a couple of the players. So I, I have not okay. – I haven't looked at the full list. And I know that – I know that, I don't even know if the Ravens have put it out yet. I, was, I just got back home, but um, they – they usually put out their list when they finally get all these guys cleared on physicals. I know rumors come out all about agents will say it or a team or school will say who who's coming. Sometimes there's a name that's there that doesn't show up and there's other kind of gray area. But um, the team will put the list out probably today because now the guys are in the building and passing physicals. But I just haven't looked at it yet. Two things really quickly. One, of the group, I mean, the guy, the names that stood out the most to everybody were um, – neither one is a secondary guy, but Dante Demas, the receiver from right. Maryland and uh, – Keaton Mitchell, who we talked to the other day, who is the son of former I did Raven, see that, right. Uh, Anthony right. Mitchell. So that's – I mean, that's yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's a neat story. But, and, and by the way, on top of that, like, you talk to people, Bo, they swear this kid – he's a running back from East Carolina – is a kid that should have been drafted and absolutely has a genuine chance of making the roster. Like, it's not just a good story. It's a guy who can really play. And so he's an intriguing prospect because of that. Anthony Mitchell's son. But before we wrap up, the other news from this week, of course, was the Ravens not picking up Patrick Queen's fifth-year option. I thought we kind of saw that coming, given the fact that they had zero interest in talking about the subject, no matter how many times they were asked about it. Does it come off to you sort of like, hey, it kind of doesn't matter how well Patrick Queen played last year or even how well he plays this year, that once they made the commitment that they were going to pay Roquan Smith $20 million a year, that it just simply becomes a budget thing for them where they're saying we can't spend more money than that at inside linebacker? I think that was a big factor. I mean, I think one, I thought once they signed, once the Roquan Smith deal got done, it did seem like it's highly unlikely that Patrick Queen is also getting a second contract here. 
Um, especially when you know at some point Lamar Jackson's getting paid and there's only so much money to go around. Um, and now they've drafted Trenton Simpson in the third round, who is basically the heir apparent to Patrick Queen. But, you know, I know there was talk maybe the Ravens would move Patrick Queen during the draft. Um, but I think the idea of Patrick Queen playing this year on his contract year alongside Roquan Smith with Trenton, Smith, uh, Trenton Simpson playing behind them as, as a backup linebacker, that this defense is better with Patrick Queen there. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. And so – you know, Patrick Queen has to be highly motivated to be in his contract year now. And he looked really good last year when he was playing alongside Roquan Smith. So I think it's a plus for the team overall that Queen was not traded and he's here playing with Patrick with Simpson, uh, with Roquan Smith this year. Um, but as you said, yeah, it seemed likely that once the Roquan Smith deal got done, Patrick Smith was not likely to get a second contract here. All right, Bo Smolka, at B Smolka on Twitter, of course, is how people can follow you. Uh, pressboxonline.com is where you read his stuff. By the way, Bo, I happened to read the story that you wrote about your train trip, and I enjoyed it. Oh, a, uh-huh. I enjoyed it a great deal. Well done, my friend. That was, that was really neat. Thank you. Uh, as a father, I thought that was really special. Where, where can we read that? Uh, actually, right now, you can read at the top of my Twitter feed if you want. Okay. The story I wrote about my... My daughter and I took a cross-country train trip last summer from Baltimore to Glacier National Park in Montana. I love the it's reading. a really and neat story. Yeah. It's a really neat story, man. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, I asked Dan, are you guys bringing back the podcast at any point? We probably will. I've had a tough time. Um, we, we've had a lot of complications, but I'm hoping to, yes. Okay. All right. We will look forward to that. Bo Smoka, always appreciate you, my friend. We'll, we'll talk to you in the coming weeks as the Ravens get down the field for OTAs. Thanks for hopping on with us this morning. Are you welcome? Thank you. It's Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. Uh, today's show also brought to you by AJ Michaels, expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Uh, a quick note, just because you brought him up, Stan. We did have Andrew Voorhees on the show the other day, okay. and he, of course, said, "I'm not going to rule out the idea that I could get back on the right. field this year." And that's, you know, that's of course, he's going right. to say that, right? Like he's 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 going to work that way. It seems extraordinary, unlikely, but like it's worth pointing out that most people didn't think David Ojabo could get back on the field last year, and you know he worked and he did late in the season get on the field, so it's not impossible yeah. that. You know, if the Ravens were to make a run to the playoffs, that maybe he could end up being helpful. Of course, it's not the same position. Like, right. You know, it, you're not just going to put somebody out there for a handful of snaps. What are the early reports on uh, what's his name, the receiver from Maryland? Debus? Dante Demas. Demas. Yeah. He got hurt in the Iowa game. Two, yeah, that was the year before. Yep. Came back this year and he played well. He just, it just doesn't at, have the same burst. That at one had. point, Dante Demas was thought of as a, a surefire top first couple of rounds yeah. draft pick. You're right. Slides out of the draft entirely, which was still surprising to most people. Right. Um, absolutely worth bringing in as an undrafted free yeah. agent and at least looking at and maybe stashing on a practice squad. And I, I'm not trying to oversell Dante yeah. Demas and suggest that he's going to be you know, the next Stefan Diggs, but let's remember that Stefan Diggs was a fifth-round draft pick once upon a yeah. time, and Dante Demas is a very talented player, so I'm not going to doubt the, po the possibility that he could figure his way out. And that the kid Keaton Mitchell, the more... 
I, I brought him on because I, it's a it's a neat story, right? It's Anthony Mitchell who all where did he play college? East Carolina, okay. where he was wildly productive. I right. mean, insanely productive at that level. Um, and I just thought it was a cool story. It's Anthony and, Mitchell's kid. And what kid. position is he? He's got? a running back. Running back. Okay. Now you would say, hey, the Ravens probably have <laughs> running back nailed down with Dobbins, Edwards, and Justice Hill. Right. The first thought being, you know, Justice Hill, I think everybody's about lukewarm on, but right. he's been helpful in special teams. And with those other two guys, I, I don't know that J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards is a certainty to be around moving forward. I think the Ravens like those guys, but given the injuries they've been through, the fact that neither one of them has ever sort of showed themselves to be a superstar, I think the question becomes, what do the Ravens believe their value to be? Because they're both going to be free agents. Yeah. And then what does the market think their value is? And so I just don't – it's a total – I have no idea shoulder shrug on both the future for both yeah. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards in Baltimore. Big Florida. year for Dobbins. I Huge mean, year, right? Usually There are still year. people that believe that J.K. Dobbins is a special player. Uh, I was one of those people, but I don't know what and, the injury is. Even when he really... came back, you saw it in moments, right? He just didn't have that next level. Mm -hmm. Like he would break free – but he couldn't turn it into a touchdown. So you hope that he's got that yeah, next. further removed from the surgery you that he can be back. Yeah. And if he shows that, then I think the Ravens are going to either tag him or they're going to do everything they can yep. to keep him around. But if he's not that, I just don't know. So it might be that the Ravens say, hey, it's worth keeping another running back around because we don't know about the futures for these other two guys. And it might be that we need to figure out who our running backs are moving forward. So he's an intriguing name because of that yeah. to me, too. Stan, uh, I will ask you this question, then we'll grab a break and we'll come back in we'll talk about it. Then we're going to talk to Andrew Jones. The Ravens, after they did all this, as Bo pointed out, there's a lot of excitement. There's every reason to be excited, right? Like they went out and added Odell Beckham. They drafted another receiver. They got a new offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson's back in the fold. Are you back to buying into the Ravens as a genuine Super Bowl contender? That's I mean, take a break. Then I'm gonna have you answer that question on the other side. All right, that's what I want to know. Are you buying in as a genuine Super Bowl contender? We'll talk to Stan about that next. And then Andrew Jones joins us here on GCR. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. 
It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. If you're watching us on video, stands where I was a couple weeks ago. Remember the day that uh, Mike Bauman was on with us, and you were like, "Are you are you crying? Are you excited for Mike Bauman?" <laughs> um, stands feeling what I was feeling that day, which is the pollen sucks. Yeah. It is just awful. And I feel like like it was that day. I also feel like it's hot in here today, too. And I feel like that's adding to everything on top of it. You know, I had an appointment. I have a cousin of mine who's an allergist. Okay. I'll give you a free plug, Dr. John Matz. You have all of the cousins. Yeah. I've just, well, they're lawyers, right. doctors. Like everybody. You know, I'm, a, I'm an itinerant. <laughs> I don't know what I am. Paperboy. I'm a 71-year-old <laughs> paperboy. But, but all kidding aside, John. I really I saw, would like you to do a Newsies impression, by I, the way. I'd really like to stand on a. Press box, catch, <laughs> press box. I've done that. I've done that. I may do it uh, in Aberdeen next week. I love that. Week. Are you going to see Jackson Holiday? I'm going to try and get out there That's one awesome. night. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but I went to see him last year. My eyes were absolutely, to be honest, much worse than this year. But I had an appointment scheduled this year. I'd forgotten that we made it. Because he likes to say, when did it start bothering you? Sure. I'm going to see you next year on April 4th. But I had double booked a teeth cleaning. And I knew I was going to have to. important here? I knew I was going to have to wait longer to get rescheduled with the tooth cleaning. Yeah, because that's not your cousin. Well, no, (laughs) the cousin is May 10th. So I lost like five weeks. I can't wait to get in to see him. It's awful right now. Just terrible. Uh, speaking of the Ironbirds, earlier this week, you and Ross caught up with Jack Ram. Yes, we talked to we talked to Jack on uh, this past Monday. Uh, and by the way, I'll take one quick second to tell you that formatically, we're going to be changing up the Monday Zoom. Oh, um, we're going to still do it at six o'clock. Although it might move to five o'clock, I don't know. But Luke is going to be a part of it. Okay, and we're going to de-emphasize getting a an ex Oriole or an ex-player every week. We're going to okay. do that periodically. Okay. But, uh, you know, it seemed like... You're going to combine your power rankings? Power into rankings that? Yep. into that, uh, that too, and talk about... Almost make it a little bit like an Oriole pregame show okay. on, on nights. Look forward to and that. So all three easier. of you, you, Luke, and Ross. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That'll be great. Ross ain't going anywhere. And then last night, uh, you got together with uh, TJ Brightman and Jennifer Grandall. Yeah. Very interesting discussion about, uh, you know, the uh, nexus of power of the Baltimore Orioles which is this group 
under John Angelos, his group of five or six VPs, of which Cal Perry is now. That's right. Uh, yeah. Have That's you right. had him on yet? I've not talked to Cal Perry yet. Yeah. I should He'd do that. He'd be a great yeah. guest for both I sh- of us. I should yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, so all those shows can be found Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, PressBoxOnline.com slash video. So that new format starts this coming This coming Monday. Monday. And just because next Thursday... I have one of the former uh, investors in Pressbox who I've developed a really great friendship with, uh, Barry Blank, is coming in from Arizona for an Orioles series, and he made me promise months ago that I would take him to the Costas Inn. Ah. So the Orioles are off Thursday. He's he's arriving Thursday. So we moved Kevin Rocklitz because uh, we're talking oh about... Oh, boy. He might never forgive you. What? He might. Kevin, Rocklets, yeah, Kevin he's know. fine. Are he's fine sure? with it. It's we're not talking, what he said to me. We're talking... <laughs> did, really? No, no, really? Uh, I get nervous. <laughs> I you know. know. I understand. I mean, why Why won't Andrew Jones talk to him? Well, now, you know what? That's a whole different thing. Now, he actually gave me a couple of good reasons, and i got to be honest with you. Turns out he was a big fan of Eddie Murray, and on behalf of you running Eddie Murray out of town, oh, he's geez, not. Was, I rem- can understand. Remember that. when uh, the Yankees wouldn't talk to Jim Gray because of how he uh, went after Pete Rose? Remember how right, right. Paul O'Neill said, "Hey Jim, we're not going to talk after tonight right. because of how you treat." It's kind of that. That's it's all come to roost. Andrew okay. Jones worshipped at the altar of Eddie Murray and has never forgiven right. you for running Eddie Murray out of town. Jeez, Stan, so he said, "Nope, nope." That's no. why, like he said, he was actually available all morning today. Right. But he, he specifically said, made me come in at 9.15 because he heard that you would not be willing to come in at that hour in order to do the interview. Not for so. him. <laughs> Eddie, I would have come <laughs> in for. Anyway, Kevin Sorry. Rocklitz is going to be at 5.30 this Thursday okay, with and then Stein go, and yeah. I. Very cool. And I'm taking uh, Barry and his wife, Ginger, to dinner at the Costas Inn. I'm trying to get Andrew Voorhees to the Costas Inn, actually. He was uh, talking to us the other day after we chatted with him about how he he's a big foodie. And he's excited because he's never been to the East Coast, and he wants to try some seafood. So I, I called up Nick. I said, hey, man, can I you're, send somebody over to you? You're going to know this story. This, this is an unbelievable story. About three months ago, Josh texted me. He says, hey, I need a favor. This is, of course, Josh Charles. Josh Charles, Stan's my cousin, nephew. the actor, who's in Paris right now, and yep. I was in Dundalk the other day. Yeah, he's very similar. Um, you guys are basically live the exact same exa- life. It's like, right? it's like the other Josh Charles, <laughs> yeah. only his name is Stanley, yeah. and he delivers papers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know Nick at the Costas Inn. What's he the biggest fan in the world of? Oh, Springsteen, Springsteen right? Springsteen, right? Yes. Yes. So about three, four months ago, Josh texted me, I need a big favor. My buddy, and now I've forgotten his name, okay. but he's he manages the drummer for Springsteen. Oh, Max Weinberg. Ma- Max Weinberg. Yeah. So he was doing a show on the Eastern Shore, but he was wanted to arrive in Baltimore and fly to Baltimore from Chicago, and he wanted to eat at the Costas Inn. Okay. He wanted to eat crab. So I, I Nick, I need a big favor from you. So I don't know the connection really with who who this guy is. This guy is so tight with Springsteen. So th- they've become he Nick and this guy have become best friends. Oh, that's cool. And and the guy the guy loves the Costas Inn, right? That's cool. And he says to, he goes, "You've gone to like over two hundred Springsteen concerts. Who's your connection for tickets?" And he goes, "I don't have a connection. I just, just get on. The, yeah, I right? just yeah. get on." He goes, well, you have a connection oh, now. It's, it's awesome. like the nicest thing I've ever done in the world, 
and I had no idea well, I was I doing that. I saw that Nick posted a picture. From, he got the drumsticks yep, from Max Weinberg. I saw that, and I was like, I didn't know that you that started with you. I and had no may, idea. And it may lead to Springsteen one day eating at the well, cup. that would be. That would be. I mean, that would imagine, be other. I think they'd sign over 15% of the cost. Of I think it might be more than that. <laughs> they'd be willing to sign over in order to get him in. That's really I can cool. Just see, I can just see Costas and his wife coming. Coming up, oh, you're the reason my son doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't has missed two hundred days of work. I uh, I was gonna say that's almost as good as Andrew Voorhees. Almost. almost I mean, like there's 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 Andrew Voorhees and then Bruce Springsteen down here somewhere. <laughs> almost that good. All right, Stan. Uh, two things I want to cover. Then yes, I'm gonna talk to Andrew Jones because again yeah. he said no, Stan. Um, the first one would be before we get to the question I asked you. I did want to cover. I, I talked about it yesterday during the show. We got the news that Hunter Dickinson is going to go to Kansas. Yeah. I, I told you before. I am not worked up. This is not hindsight for me. This is not me trying to spin zone Maryland missing. I think it would have been significant for Maryland as a statement mm-hmm. to have beat out Kentucky and yeah. Kansas and schools like that. I just I see the seven footers that can't go to the NBA are not the guys that are winning national championships and making deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Those teams have largely struggled when they're centered around this type of player. And I'm in a tough place because I know he's good and he was who was available, and I, I get why you wanted him. And there I'm, was all that the ancillary stuff of course, with Mike Brown. Uh, uh, Mike Jones, Jones yeah, Mike Jones, and, and yeah. Jameer Young. and all. I, like, yeah. I get it. I am just not worked up about – I think Deshaun Harris-Smith is the story of Maryland basketball. I think Dante Scott having a more consistent season is the story of Maryland basketball. I think they need horses. I think they need to get up and down the floor and have wings and forwards that they can get minutes from. I'm just not worked up about Hunter Dickinson the way that other Maryland fans are. What was your reaction? I got excited when I heard he was in the transfer portal and that there was this connection with the the new coach that uh, – who's our coach? I forget. Oh, oh, Kevin Willard, yeah. Yeah, uh, Kevin Willard. Yes. I was excited about the connection between Mike Brown and and Hunter Dickinson, and I was also excited about, uh, you know, Jameer Young – and the connection with Dickinson. Yep. So it seemed like, a, the, hey, that sounds like that's where he's going to come. Yep. And uh, I was disappointed, but I, I'm so a fan of Kevin Willard and how he's turned this thing around. Uh, and I'm anxious to see some film of this uh, Geronimo. Yeah, Jordan Geronimo. Jordan I don't Geronimo. think he's going to be a big Great piece. name. Yeah, great he is a, name. I do agree with that. He is a great name. He'll join us a little bit later on in the show as well. He didn't want to talk to me either? I, got, I, well, I don't know what you did to him. Because I, when he said that to me, you I said, think well, it's how the did, Eddie Murray thing? I don't know if it's related to Eddie Murray Is he, is he a relative of Andrew Jones? And I said that. I was like, hey, how have you even heard of Stan DeFancher? Why would you even dislike the guy? And he was like, no, man, not doing it. Not coming on with him. Hmm. I just said, wow. Boy, the list grows. It's weird, right? I thought yeah. it was just Tarico, but as it turns out, it's starting to be a lot. Good news, Darren O'Day still likes you. So you yeah. got that going for you. He, he doesn't came, know me. He, yeah, it's true. He came back on with you, though, right, for a second. Right, right. He signed up for a second time right. of being on with you. Did he, he make it. a point of saying we'll he stand there? He did say specifically he wanted to come on on Friday. He okay. did say that when we called him. He was like, look, man, I'll come on on Fridays, but no other day. So I actually was a little offended by that yeah. myself, for what it's worth. Stan, the question I asked going into break, a lot of excitement. Ravens get Lamar Jackson back. They added Odell Beckham. They bring in another wide receiver. This is probably about as committed as we've seen them to the wide receiver position in at least since Anquan Bolden was added, and then they drafted Torrey Smith. 
Is it fair to say that they won't take a receiver next year in the first round? <laughs> Probably, unless I guess they could move on from Rashad Bateman. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this th- There's reason with Todd Munkin for there to be excitement about the Ravens. Are you buying back into them after all of the t- tumult of the offseason? Are you buying back into them as genuine, viable Super Bowl contenders? Yeah. I, I uh, uh, there's a lot to like over there right now. I think it is time for Lamar to you know he's signed, sealed, time to deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, uh, I think he's going to have enough weapons offensively that we can't say, well, you didn't really give him uh, give him enough talent around him, playmakers around him. Uh, I don't think you can say, well, they had a high school offense because Todd Mungin's going to have a very high high-level professional football offense. And I think the defense has got a chance to be really good because I'm a believer in what a Jabo. I think a Jabo can maybe I, help I, Adafe the way that – it's not quite as connected, but the way that Roquan helped Patrick Queen last year. I'm hoping that a Jabo's presence will free up a little more – yeah, opportunities for Adafi uh, to put some pressure on the quarterback. Let me work outside in on what you just said because the last part, I, I I think to me it's the most pivotal part of will the Ravens be that type of team. I, I the secondary concerns me. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but they have a lot at the safety position with Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton, who was far better in coverage than I think any of us could have expected him to be. I think they're going to look to use Trenton Simpson as kind of a weapon X. Right now, mm-hmm. like as much as people are talking about him as being Patrick Queen's ultimate replacement, I think that they like the idea of the fact that he lined up in all sorts of different ways. He lined up as It'd a corner. It'd be a little like an Adalius um, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas type. Exactly yeah. right. And I like the concept of that. I think they can survive. And I do think they'll still add some more depth at the cornerback. No uh, question about it. The edge rush is, to me... The key to the team. Y- you yeah. can't depth your way to that they've tried that the last couple of years and they got m- far more production out of Justin Houston than I think we could have ever expected but even that over the toll of an entire season ultimately kind of went away right he was a phenomenon for two months a year ago mm-hmm. and then after that you know you remembered he was a guy that was a little bit older and, yep. and the wear of an entire season was a lot to ask I don't think you can depth your way to solving the edge rush issue. I think it has to be solved by the guys that you have. So I think, to me, it's pivotal. Does David Ajabo become the guy that people thought was worthy of being a first-round pick? Does Adafe Owe get back into that mix? Can Tavius Robinson, who they just drafted, show some signs of being helpful? They've got to have an answer up front. When games are on the line, when you're in a battle with, you know, a year ago, Tua Tungavailoa, and you just need somebody to put some pressure on to the take them out of rhythm. As much as we talk about the issues in the secondary <clears throat> and the miscommunication problems they had, they desperately needed someone to put them in second and 17, to put them behind the eight ball at some point during the course of that game, and no one ever did. They desperately need someone to step up and make a play that way. To what you said about the offense, it was interesting. So. Yesterday, maybe not as much was said, but Eric DaCosta did a thing with Mike Florio this weekend. Griffin, did you? I just sent that to you. Do you have that? Eric DaCosta did a thing with Mike Florio for NBC this week, and I kind of Is appreciate. That why he didn't have time to come on? Yeah, that was show. it. Was it was either Florio or us? Right. And he was like, "Hey, this time I'm going to choose Florio. Next time I'm also going to choose Florio." Yeah, but DaCosta knows about what I did to Eddie Murray. Oh, it's know. still. Yeah. Oh boy, he's got some. As a as a lifelong Red Sox fan, <laughs> he's got a lot. Of, 
Actually, the funny thing is he loves you for it. Yes, yes. Um, but he was his candor about the wide receiver thing. I kind of appreciate it. Here's this clip from uh, Eric DeCosta talking to Mike Florio this week. Information about OBJ. Um, and then how's it going to affect, you know, Lamar as a passer? You know, how's he going to play? We want to maximize Lamar's ability. I've probably done a poor job of doing that over the last couple of years in some ways by not having more receivers around him. Um, and we love the guys we have, but, you know, in terms of building the best possible offense, um, that's a factor too. So that's good. You know, that's good. I mean, the point, the part yeah. in there was, I appreciated that. I appreciate him and saying candor and look, taking a little, yeah. whatever, whatever it is, we probably have failed Lamar a little bit. We probably have been wrong in how we did this for the quarterback specifically. Now to the point, especially given that you had him cheap for correct. four years, you know, correct. Uh, that he probably did. And it's an interesting admission to make uh, because Lamar could come back and say, "Had you, had you, had you been giving me more talent the last four years, we'd be talking sixty million or sixty-five million." Correct, one hundred. And I think that probably came up at some yeah. point during the course of these conversations, yeah. right? Like, if you're trying to negotiate against me based on passing numbers, I'm going to say back to you: You gave me Greg Roman. Right. You, you didn't let me be right. that guy. I did everything that I could do within the constructs of what you presented for me to do. So that's not going to fly with me that you think you can negotiate against me that yeah. way. So I did. I appreciated, and that probably explains why when someone says, hey, doesn't it seem like they paid a steep price for Odell Beckham? Yeah, it does. But I think part of that, as we said then, was Eric DaCosta recognizing that's kind of a tax you have to pay when you have failed in that department. You know, it was interesting, that quote, again, we, we haven't been, I, I, at least I never was able to find who said it. You did. The woman that said it in the article in CBS Sports oh, about Bishotti. Oh, right. Bishotti being very involved yeah. deep in the negotiations for Beckham. It was Anderson was who it was. Okay, and yes. she said something that yes. Bishotti had said, we want to try and do get this done to square things with Lamar. Yep. And that's an admission of sort of the same thing that Eric admitted in that clip with Mike Florio. Yeah, uh, Ravens owner Steve Ashotti has been in frequent communication with Odell Beckham Jr. pitching him on the idea of coming to Baltimore. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a, look, however you got there, it doesn't excuse some of the issues they've had. And it's it certainly, every time we, the Ravens, they're, all the excitement is A. Jones, there's the other side of you that says, right, but they've always gotten this wrong. There is always going to creep back in when it comes to that until they prove otherwise, right? Until this year, Rashad Z uh, Bateman and Zay Jones are both exceptional, and we say the tide maybe has turned for the Ravens in drafting wide receivers. But I did appreciate the fact it would be easy for Eric DaCosta to try to pretend like it's not a thing, but it is. It's very much a thing. It has been a problem for this franchise significantly. You know how frustrated I've been over the last two, three months, you know, with the Lamar situation. Well, I thought you meant with the performance of Glenn Clark Radio, and no, I wish you would no. have maybe handled that privately instead of bringing it up on the show, no, Stan. No, I would it's prefer... Griffin. It's Griffin. Well, yeah, it's true. We yeah. brought that up both privately and publicly. But but have I brought it up publicly? Oh, a couple times. I think okay. it's, it's slipped right. through. I didn't mean to. Yeah. You know, it's this TIA thing. <laughs> um, but all kidding aside, um, now I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. Of... I didn't mean to derail you, Stan. Uh, yeah, Your frustration. Really you had frustration. With... I had tremendous frustration. I've come out of this now having a newer appreciation for, because we we consistently, I think we said, well, the reason this is dragged on is because of Lamar. Mm -hmm. You know, that he should have been more willing to come to the table. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's interesting. Josh Allen signed, you know, several months ago, and he ended up getting a good bit more money than Josh Allen did. He did. Now because he did. of the timing, right. he, I think he did it perfectly for himself. There's always going to be the statement that in the fourth and fifth year of his deal, his right. first deal, he did not have to play for those numbers. Right. And he could have forced the issue to do – one of the things I talk about constantly, Stan, is I'm stunned by how quarterbacks don't recognize how much leverage they have. Mm-hmm. And I'm stunned that we haven't gotten to the point of where it is in the NBA where LeBron James says to a team, I'll sign with you, but understand, I'm signing a series of one-year deals. Right. Because every year, you're going to do a new deal for whatever the max is. Like, I'm never going to agree to something that like doesn't nine pay me. nine-year deal, right. Like, th- it's going to be a one-year deal. Then we're going to rip it up. We'll structure it however you want to. We'll call it a five-year right. deal. Right. But what it's really going to be is a one-year deal. And at the end of that year, we're going to figure out where contracts are. We're going to figure out where the cap is. And whatever the max is that I can get the next year, you're going to pay me that next year. Like, that's what the NBA has become for the top stars is it's all a series of one-year deals. They have all the leverage. The moment Kevin Durant decides that he's sick of being in Houston because those guys can't get it figured out and it's embarrassing to everyone, and, yes, I'm taking out some personal frustration in this moment, he's going to walk in and say, I want to go to the Knicks, and the Suns are going to have no choice but to ship him on to the Knicks because those players have all the leverage. I have said all along, I'm kind of surprised you speak to Josh Allen that Josh Allen didn't go back in this offseason and say, hey, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the quarterback market moved. Yeah. And it's time for you to go ahead and re- rip up that deal you did with me and do the deal where I get all of the money. Now, Bills fans probably appreciate the fact that Josh Allen hasn't done that. And I yeah, think and most of us. Yeah, probably won't. Right. You know. and, and Patrick Mahomes hasn't done it in Kansas City. And Lamar Jackson is making more money this season than Patrick Mahomes will make. And, of course, everybody on the planet knows Patrick Mahomes is better than – no, I love Lamar Jackson, but we all know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, right. maybe the best quarterback of all time. And yet he is not doing that. I'm just surprised that quarterbacks aren't choosing to use – the leverage they have because everyone knows yeah. you have to have your quarterback in order to try to force more. That's Great point. an interesting thought Great to point. me. Um, all right, let's do this. I'm going to talk to Andrew Jones because he doesn't want to talk to you. Right. But then I want you to come back and hang out with us afterwards for a little all bit right. if you'd be willing to. I'm if you'd be little, willing to stick around. Yeah. I understand you're a little offended by I'm it, but if you're offended, willing to stick around. All right. There are a couple other things that popped up so this week. Is it okay week. if I listen to the Andrew Jones uh, interview? I, don't, I didn't ask him about that part. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that'll be all right, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, had the opportunity to catch up with the great Andrew Jones. We'll uh, do that right now here on GCR. Well, what an honor it is to be joined right now here on GCR by one of my absolute, and I'm not kidding, favorite baseball players of all time, Orioles Braves, Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m. on NBC and Peacock, Matt Vaskersian, Ben McDonald, and the great Andrew Jones, who's with us here on GCR. Andrew, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so good to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's going to be an honor doing that game on Sunday. Um, I know Baltimore is is playing very good baseball. You know, top top ten in in um, all offensive category and top fifteen in pitching. So um, it's going to be a good match. I'm looking forward for it. Yeah, the pitching has been a little bit of an issue for the Orioles this week against the Royals. They gave up something like a hundred runs in three games. But to the point, um, how good this is for baseball, for a a market like Baltimore, a great baseball city, to be involved with these national broadcasts, to be a team that's interesting to watch. How good do you feel like the Orioles are and for the entirety of the sport, for other teams to be having a moment like this? 
Well, I mean, I've been I've been watching them. I keep up with baseball all the time. I've been watching them. They've been developed the last two, three years, and um, you know, you can see the competitiveness, and you can see the development, and you know, they just putting it together. Um, you know, it's in the top division. Um, I, you know, I played in that division before. Yep. Um, you know, we played Baltimore uh, quite a few times in the playoff. I think my last year with with Yankees, we played we played them in, in, in the playoff. Um, I, I'm not recording that. That was the last time they were in the playoff. But um, you know, seeing you know the last few years, seeing the the development, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm you know I'm always looking forward for teams that have young talent. You know, just like the Atlanta Braves have young talent that that's coming together and and, and, and putting good year and trying to help the team win championship. Andrea, obviously, we try to pretend like that uh, 2012 playoff series never happened around these parts. We just sort of ignore it. Uh, we're still convinced Nate McLeod hit the foul pole in Game 5. We'll take that to our graves. That's the way it is around here. Um, Andrew Jones is with us here on GCR. A- Andrew, you mentioned I, the Braves, what stands out. It's not just that they have all of the talent, right? It's that they have done the thing where they have extended their young talent. And it, it, I can only imagine what it's done for the fan base down there to have that belief that their window wasn't just when they won the World Series a couple years ago, but it continues for some time. How important has that been for, for the Braves to get that done and lock up so many of these young guys over the course of the last couple of years? Well, first of all, I mean, Alex and Topless, that you know is doing a great job. When he came on board, um, he saw what kind of talent that we had and uh, what kind of players we had, um, and you know he went out there and and did his did his job. He locked a lot of these young talent up for for five six years, taking the arbitration away because you can see now how big the arbitration is getting now in in, in the game of baseball. So um, you know taking that away and 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 still giving the kids you know good money for them to to go out there and and, and help the team win so um you know I, I i've been watching this this team since 2016 and um when i got on board with you know being on the special assistance assignment um you know i've been watching all these kids develop together and you know i'm i'm sure we you know the braves lost swanson lost freddie freeman but they continue to make moves to to replacement, and um, you can see how they still running on top of the of the division. So, no doubt. I, I, you know when you when you you know when you when you got kids that just like to win, and you know not 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 saying anything about other teams that they want to go out there and, and and lose every day. You know they they manage to put things together and never give up, and you know even if they down, they always manage to come back and and, and put a fight. So. That's what I like about this team, and you know I've been seeing it for the last four or five years. No, but Andrew, to your point, like in Baltimore, Adley Rutschman comes up last year and has been as advertised, if not somehow better, right? Like he's been unbelievable, and Gunnar Henderson comes up, and I think there's a part of us that's sitting here saying to ourselves, "Hey, could you please do what the Braves are doing? Lock these guys up and and let us believe that there's a chance for this thing to 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 continue for the next decade for you to have a great opportunity." I I think the Braves in a way 
like you know, you mentioned the Yankees again. We forgive you for ever playing for the Yankees. We need you to know that. Um, but like you mentioned, what the Yankees were, I feel like the Braves have kind of become the model franchise for all other baseball fans to say, "Hey, this is kind of this is the new way of doing things the right way. Develop your talent, commit to them, have that group of guys to to build around for some time." Well, I mean, you know, it's it's all coming to ownership. I mean, the ownership's giving giving the, the GM the, the go-ahead to do those stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it have to come, you know, it have to come from the ownership. And, you know, the Braves ownership is, is willing to, to to believe in and Alex and to believe the, 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 you know, the front office and everybody that, you know, the decision that they're making are the right decisions. So, you know, every little thing that Alex do right now is clutch into a being gold. So, um, you know, we managed to have great coaching staff that, Continue to push these guys in the right way and and keep pushing, you know, keep telling you know the right things to go out there and do. So it it, 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 it all come to as a group, and I think I think you know from top to the bottom, everybody's really pushing to 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 win another championship for the city of Atlanta. I mean, you know, it's a great ballpark there. I don't know if you ever been there yet, but it's a great ballpark. It's a lot of atmosphere going there. It's so much to do. So the fans are all all buying into the team to to bring another championship thing. I mean, I know they they saw it in 2021. Um, so you know they're looking forward to getting another one again. So um, I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm still part of them. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a fun. You know, it's going to be fun seeing Baltimore in person. I only watch them on on team on on TV the last you know last few years. So um, I'm looking forward to see you know this this good young talent off team to go play against the Braves. Andrew Jones, just another couple of minutes here because we got to let him get on the golf course today here on GCR. Andrew, um, you just mentioned something. It's funny because you bring up the new ballpark. I have not had a chance to get down there yet, but it, I, I can tell you the Orioles actually took a trip um, before the season with the new governor of the state of Maryland, and they specifically were looking – at the ballpark in Atlanta and saying, hey, we have this beautiful facility in Camden Yards, but we think we can do the area around the ballpark up a little bit better and maybe replicate what they have here now at the new ballpark in Atlanta. Could you tell us a little bit about how special that's been, not just the new ballpark, but the area around the park for fans to gather and some of the excitement that comes along with that? Well, I'm sure a lot of people was not was very mad when they moved to Cobb County, but, you know, it, it, you know, the city of Atlanta really didn't want to develop the area around the, 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 the old Turner field because they wanted to stay there. And, 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 you know, because it's such a memory area right there, you know, from Anchor and playing right across the street, you know, from, you know, we playing so many good championships at Turner field. Um, so they basically really wanted to stay there, but, you know, Cobb County, you know, give Atlanta Braves a great chance of a property out there, and they took advantage of it. And you know, the front office and everybody went around and 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 look at other ballparks and picnic little things that they like about other ballparks in the area and stuff it and then put a, put them all together and build this fantastic ballpark that we have for now in in Cobb County. So, um, you know, it, it 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 took a lot. It took a it took a long time, but you know they made it happen, and this this is you know as a as a fan going there, even if it's no baseball, I have been to the battery yeah. and 
watch football games and and watch basketball games, um, you know, the atmosphere is so hyped down there. That's cool. And it's obviously what it is the Orioles are looking to do. I wonder, Andrew, and I, this is a straight shoot, man. I, I There's a few guys that never played for the Orioles. Ichiro's one of them. Kenny Lofton is one of them. And you are on this list of my favorite baseball players that ever to watch. And it's because you did everything, right? Like, you were a damn good defensive player, and you did little baseball. Yeah, obviously, you hit a ton of home runs as well, and some of what we remember most <laughs> about you. But I'm wondering if, with some of these rules changes that baseball has implemented, you know, the bigger bases, only being able to throw over a couple of times. And we see it in Baltimore on Sunday. You're likely to see Jorge Mateo and Cedric Mullins running frequently. I'm wondering if there's a part of you – I know everybody pushes back whenever rules are changed, but it kind of feels to me like we're bringing baseball back a little bit. And it's not just everybody swinging for home runs. And we're seeing a few more big innings and station to station and stuff like that. I'm wondering if you've enjoyed the product a little bit more with some of the rules changes because it's brought back a little bit of old school baseball. All right, I, be honest with you, I love it. I mean, you know what I like it most about it is the the, the game time. You know, we we yeah. playing two hours and twenty games, <laughs> twenty minutes games, and I don't see you, you don't see a lot of three hours and ten minute games no more. So, um, I'm I'm liking it that. The base is whatever, you know, base is the base, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I think guys can get a little advantage if they hit the ball down the line by missing the bag or, or hit the bag. But, um, you know, I think the, the throwing over, um, the running of the game, I like that because, uh, you know, it kind of got away. Everybody was trying to look for homers and, 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 and driving the ball more than, than you know, stealing bases um you know you make you make you make a team look different of who they're going to sign for a catcher because you know if the catcher cannot throw yep you know it's going to it's going to make it hard because these guys going to start running left and right so you want to have a good catcher that can throw people out and and it's a good defensive catcher not just an offensive catcher but a, a good defensive catcher um he's looking for your middle infielder to be very athletic that can they have range because now that they don't have that really big shift no yep, more, yep. And, you know, ball's not going to be hitting right at the person when the metrics say what it is. But you know, beside that, still, you know, you know, they shift back in the day. I mean, they shift for specific guys, but they didn't have the big shift like they have the last three or four or five years. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you get you get guys. To have to make more great plays than than just have a hard ground ball hit right at you. I I think it's been great. I really have enjoyed it. All right, uh, last one. I are, I know you're probably sick of the wait already, but are you encouraged by the way the vote has gone in recent years that you're going to be able to get the call here to Cooperstown in the next couple of years? Um, we're trending. We we move in the right direction. You know, um, I'm sitting there just looking and and see what happens. Um, you got plenty more years to, to go, but if it happens, it's going to be an honor. It's going to be a special day. Um, but if it don't happen, you know, it's a lot of guys. I look at the, it's a lot of guys that play this game that, that achieve a lot of stuff in this game that they did not make it. It's so, um, you know, so it, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you cannot be mad about it because obviously you, you know, it's not voting. 
people in. So it's all about what the writers want, what they believe in, what they see. And if they think that you're all of fame, they're going to vote you in. If they don't think you are, you know, you're going to be, look, you know, sit out and look out outside of it. But I am, I think we, you know, I think we're moving in, in the right way with, with, with the percentage. And, um, you know, over the last few years, you know, the percentage jumped pretty good from, you know, from 10% to, to 20%. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward for the next year and, and, and see what happens. All right, but I, I swear this is, I promise this is my last one, because I just thought of something. You, of course, lit the world on fire when you came up in 96, and everybody, and I remember 97 maybe wasn't the best. We're dealing with something similar with Gunnar Henderson here in Baltimore, who came up last year at a really young age, and there was so much expectation, and this year he was the favorite for American League Rookie of the Year. As someone who went through this a little bit, what advice would you give to Orioles fans maybe about being patient with Gunnar Henderson? Because we know it didn't take all that much longer for you to figure it out at a young age and become one of the best players in baseball. Well, I mean, you know, it, it just depends. Sometimes they put too much hype on one specific player because they think that he's going to be the, the future of the, uh, of the team. But it's a team. You know, it's, it's a lot of it's, – it's nine other players that go out there and can do the job. So – you know, instead of just trying to put too much pressure and show everybody that you belong there or that you, you know, you're going to take this team to the promised land, um, you know, just bond together. I mean, patience is, you know, you play 162 games. Um, this game is a game of failure. Um, you know, I have season that I have started season very slow, but I finished the season strong and helped my team in the playoffs. So, you know, it's not the way you start, it's the way you, you finish. So, um, you know. People have to be patient, but I'm sure a lot of people are not patient because he got those fans. It's like, I want to see now, I want to see now, I want to see what he can do. So, um, you know, it, it's hard. This game is hard. You know, these guys work hard on it every day, and, you know, a lot of people don't see the the, 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 the work effort that they put underneath the door. So, um, to trying to be as much consistent again. But, you know, if the kid got talent and, and everybody see what he can do, it, you know, it's just adjustment that you have to make constantly every day. And, you know, if he's willing to do it and, he, and he's a quick learner, he's going to be fine. Andrew Jones. Uh, of course, Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m., he, Matt Vaskersian, and our buddy Ben McDonald on NBC and Peacock for Orioles Braves. Uh, truly an honor, my friend. Seriously, I'm a huge fan and really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you mu- so much for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Uh, thank you for having me. That's Andrew Jones, obviously a legend of the game, and um, yeah, it's easy to forget. Remember, he came up in '96 and you know hit those two home runs at the age of 19, and the assumption was this guy might be the most special player we've ever seen. And in '97, it was kind of a struggle for him yeah. for a little while, and so it just kind of struck with me that like maybe there's a parallel there to what Gunnar Henderson's been going through to start this season so appreciate his good line of that. questioning good line of questioning enjoyed the conversation really did uh with uh, Andrew Jones an absolute legend in the game uh winding down Stan the fan is here with us on a Friday edition of the program if you've not picked up this print issue of press box with Jackson Holiday who stands going to see did you do you know what night you're going up there no okay don't know yet uh, we don't want to sure we keep the we don't want to have too many of the paparazzi there either too. So it might be smarter if we. Well, I'm trying to check when Eddie Murray's going to be there. Yeah. Well, he maybe we can get like to be around. He maybe we can like get Andrew Jones up there. <laughs>
I was trying to explain, by the way, uh, I had a friend who was in town last week, and we wandered over to uh, Union Brewery for a mm-hmm. little bit. And he asked me what beer he should get. Like what? And I said, look, well, Duck Pin is what they're known for, but everybody around here gets Steady Eddie. And they, he said, well, why? And I was like, basically just because we're obsessed with Eddie Murray. Yeah. Like it really has nothing at all to do with the beer. It's just because we're obsessed with Eddie Murray. It's and a great so name people, for a beer. It's an excellent name. And the can is, is beautiful. And yeah. the beer's fine. I don't want to take anything away from the beer. It's just, you know. I got you. That's the reason why we drink the beer. Uh, Jackson Holiday is on the cover. He's getting ready to make his debut with the Ironbirds here shortly. Go his, pick up his home debut. Yes, thank yeah. you. Correct. Uh, he has been with the Ironbirds, obviously, but his home debut with the Ironbirds. Uh, go pick this up because it really does dive into. We keep talking about the pipeline that exists, despite the fact that Gunner and Adley and Grayson are here. There's a lot more to come within the system, including Jackson Holiday. Go get that right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box, read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Did you guys see, so it's not this year that they're going to the 12-team college football playoff. It's the following year, so it will be the 2024 season is when the 12-team playoff kicks in. And that's up from four teams? Yeah, they go from four to 12 teams in the college football playoff. They announced what the schedule is going to be for the playoff that year. Right. So the first round, so the first, the top four teams will all get a bye. Okay. And then there'll be four games, games between the other eight okay. on December 20th and 21st, a Friday night, and then three games on Saturday. Those will be the first round games. Those games are going to be played at campus sites. Home this games. This is December? December 20th Jeez. and 21st. Boy. Which sounds like a really bad idea to me. Like, imagine Ohio State or Michigan. Being in one of those games on December 20th. Now, I get somebody's going to say, well, hey, there are NFL. The Chicago Bears and the Buffalo Bills play. The Buffalo Bills, by the way, have you looked? Well, they're building a stadium. They're still not going to bother to put a roof on it. They want the snow every year. They are in favor of playing miserable, (laughs) you know, blizzard. They they are trying for that because they're putting a billion and a half dollars into a stadium and not not bothering to put a roof on it. Um but they're going to play those. I guess uh, what I read is that they're going to offer schools that if they would prefer, they can choose a neutral site to play those games okay. at. So, like, if Notre Dame was in the game and they, they wanted, wanted to, to play in Atlanta. If they were the host. If, they if were, they're the home team, right. if they're the higher seed, yeah. if you'd like, you can move it to sure. a neutral site of your choosing. Okay. So, so they would move it, it to the Hoosier Dome. Yeah, probably to Indianapolis in order to play it indoors, avoid the weather, things like that, and still have their fan base have the advantage of being able right. to travel to the game. So that's Friday and Saturday. It's a holiday week, but... I don't know. I think we kind of like the. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm excited think about good. the yeah, idea yeah. of big games. It's that week. interesting because I guess just because the campus might be less full with students, with students going being on. on. It will be interesting it, to see which. I mean, schools like Georgia. It won't matter for Georgia. It won't matter for Ohio Alabama. State, Alabama. Yeah, right. they're gonna travel, but. So is this and, basically or, and, and like being, show up, yeah. Is this basically being set up? These games will replace the bowl games? Well, so it's interesting you bring that up, Stan. That's the first round. Okay. The next round, the quarterfinal round. Right. Will be, be like the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl okay. will all be quarterfinal games okay, gotcha. on December 31st and 1st. And then the semifinals will also be the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. So on like those the sixth. on the 9th and 10th. So those bowl games will now move to the 9th and the 10th. So we got four rounds of. 
this college There's football? four rounds wow. in the college football playoff. So a player, seriously, a player who I guess they're getting NIL money now. Yes, correct. But a player could play 11 or 12 regular season games. Could play 13 with a conference championship game. Right, and then could play as many play as four, four more games, 17 could games. That's crazy. It's crazy. Now, the argument that we made is that it helps them adjust to NFL life, right? Like – how many times have we talked over the years about a player maybe hitting yeah. a bit of a wall, a rookie wall, late in the season? Yeah, that's really great when you're at 31 and you can't even move I, anymore. Stan, I, I, mean, I, yeah, I understand wholeheartedly. Terrible idea. I understand exactly, and obviously not all these guys are going to be NFL players. Right. That's the other part of this, right? Like that TCU roster from a year ago. How many of those guys ultimately will be in the NFL? If there's a hundred players on that team, what eight? Maybe our NFL players at some point. So I'm not dismissing the point that you're making in this process whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is they did it for these bowl games. These bowl games realized that these guys were not playing. That once, if you weren't a semifinal game, even the Rose Bowl guys are saying, yeah, I'm good. I'm, it's, it's, it's meaningless. I'm not going to play in the game. So the bowl games say, well, we need to have the players playing it. How do we make sure we have the players playing it? Well, make sure that the games are meaningful. Make them playoff games. It lines up for that second, that weekend of the semifinals, you'll essentially have NFL college football for like five straight nights. It extends that out over the course of those nights. So I think for the fans, they say, that sounds pretty good. Pretty good. We'll take that. Your your point, Stan, about the players and what you're asking from a group of, you know, some of these guys are 19 years years old. old, Yeah. Like, that's, that's a lot. I think the question is, is it overkill? Is it, you know, beyond just the safety aspect of it, is it, too much are we really all that concerned about a five versus 12 matchup in the college football playoff that we will plan a weekend around the holidays around making sure that we're going to be at home in order to watch the game i mean i mean i feel like i well i don't know i mean i feel like the the holidays is always a weird time where it's like if i have time to you know watch tv i'm Mm -hmm. obviously going to be watching whatever big there's a lot going on there's a lot going on yeah right man that is i mean i I, I think it should only be good because, I mean, it'll, you know, give us more people, stuff stuff for people to talk about more. And we're going to, I mean, and I they're, know, and it, they're, it, it, we'll and care enough. And they're, yeah, okay. And what's this going to do? The NFL usually had Saturday games the last couple weeks that of is, the regular season. So I think because the NFL added week 17, it actually times out per or week 18. Okay. It times out perfectly. <laughs> That I mean, I, I'm gonna assume there was buy-in because that is a good point. I do think that this year they started the Saturday games the week before Christmas, so that becomes problematic. You don't want to go up with your playoff games up against the NFL. That's a real issue. Yeah. I assume they got some buy-in from the NFL. Yeah, the NFL I'm sure said, they. I'm sure they communicated. Right. Okay, we'll have this time slot. Right, and you, you get can, uh, you can. Well, if nothing else, I think the networks would want to make sure. Yeah. The, the, I guess ESPN has all the college football playoff, so that's probably yeah. not an issue for them because they don't. Their only um, NFL package is the Monday, Monday night, night game. Mm-hmm. Although, didn't they get some of those Saturday games late in the season? ESPN didn't that the like NFL games? I think they did. Uh, the, I think they, they, had they had one of the London games because I I, I think it was the NFL Network. They yeah. always did. Yeah. But I thought ESPN got it because you don't play a Monday night football game in weeks in week the last week of the season. Or so I thought the trade off was they gave them some of the Saturday package for making up for that. Mm-hmm. Of course, this year will also be the first year that you have the Amazon Black Friday yes. games. This Thanksgiving, year on right. Thanksgiving Friday in the in the right. afternoon too. By the way, right. like a mid afternoon 
Friday game in the NFL, kind of like how they played a Wednesday afternoon game in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago with the uh, Baltimore laugh, Ravens. The laugh? Uh, yeah, Friday. What was the joke? We had Tarico on that day, and he said, I want to be forever known as the voice of Wednesday afternoon football. <laughs> Which I was like, that's pretty good. Again, sorry, I know that's sensitive because there's a beef uh, yeah. between the two of you guys. Back, I mean, It was a pretty good line. Back to you know people caring about a 5-12 college football game on a Friday or a, sa- I guess, or a Saturday that there's NFL on. I mean, it's going to depend, I guess. They may have to rig the rankings in some way. Oh, like in order like, to make sure that... If it's Cincinnati-UCF... Yeah, it's as a tough a five sell. Twelve game. It's a tough it's, sell. You're right. Penn State and Oregon, like that. Would, yeah, it's a little I bit mean, more intriguing. You're not wrong about that. So, it, yeah. I don't know. I, there's a part of me as a fan who's like, okay, just let, to your point. Do you let, really think twelve teams is the right number? Oh, uh, I don't. I think it's insane that they jumped right from four to four twelve. To twelve. Well, I can't wait for the sixty-four. So everybody, so everybody said like a tw- probably in four years it'll be twenty-four. They'll start yeah, in November. Very well, be twenty-four. They'll start in November. It'll be a sixty-four team bracket. Right. <laughs> Regular season runs through as October. Soon, <laughs> as soon as the one season ends. No, I get it. I I think everybody was clamoring for eight teams. Everybody said, "Give us eight teams. Give us Maybe eight teams." Six or eight teams. Right. That, that, that should be more than enough this i think is, it's i think this is kind of preposterous the, the big part to me was present a path you bring up well cincinnati now will be in the big 12 so they won't be a factor in this but present the opportunity for every team in the country to have a chance to win the national championship because what they had done is said even if you go undefeated if you're not in a power conference we're not going to give you the opportunity to play for a national championship so make it eight teams give all the conference champions a spot give one to the best group of five team the best you know, team from the Sun Belt or the American or whatever it is, and then have two wild cards in there as well, and you got an eight-team playoff that, that everybody's good with. But this, to me, is about protecting the bowl games. It's about saying to yeah. all of the major bowl games, every year your game will matter. Nobody's going to be able to bail on playing in your game to those right. six by creating it this way that there are four quarterfinals, two semifinals to make sure – that all of those bowl games matter and that all of the players will participate them in them instead of skipping them to get ready for the NFL. And I guess they feel that the um, those games will be drawing larger crowds than the current, you know, bowl, bowl situation. Yeah, I because think Because they, they quote-unquote mean something. Right, correct. And I think that's exactly how they feel. Now, it's not going to change the Liberty Bowl. Like, that's still going to be what it is. They're not going to be able to make that one matter. How about more. the Pool on Weed Eater? That's a very important one, the Pool on Weed Eater Bowl, or the Bad Boys Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, The all of the most important bowl games. Uh, what was the one that – I feel like there's one that was gone that Maryland played in a couple of years. Maryland played the in the – Pinstripe? Boys. No, the Pinstripe Bowl is still around. The, the historic legacy of the Pinstripe Bowl still exists. Oh, my God. Maryland – of course, the Mayo a, Bowl. It's such an is, honor to – yeah, the Duke's Mayo. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, baby. All right, when we come back in, we'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wind things down. And then Jordan Geronimo, speaking of Maryland, is going to join us before he comes to play basketball at the University of Maryland. Don't forget, pressboxonline.com slash contest. That's how you sign up. Win four tickets to all of the minor league baseball teams in the area, plus an easy pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. Must be 18 or older. Sweepstakes ends June 14th. Pressboxonline.com slash contests. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Harford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Harford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, final segment of the week. Stan The Fan Charles in studio with us. That's not. Wait a second. It's not Andrew Jones, right? It wasn't Mike Tarico. Okay, okay. all right. I don't know if maybe you had to handle that. Sometimes, just understand, mano a mano, you got to handle some things. That's the way that it works. Um, let's get a tidbit, and then we'll get uh, tubular, and then we will talk to Jordan Geronimo, the uh, incoming Maryland basketball transfer. Tidbit is brought to you today by, this was going to be brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Uh, the Warriors did take down the Lakers and level the series last they night. just take them down. They bludgeoned them. Yes, they did. Back-to-back yeah, -back nights of poor NBA games. So it's a real bummer yeah. when like that's what you have to watch. There's only mm -hmm. one game on for the night, and it's just not no. new. Now, I, it kind of reminded, like, Anthony Davis was not great last night, and I, I think the Lakers go as Anthony Davis goes. It was interesting. So this is a stat pointed out that the Lakers picked up Steph Curry in the backcourt 17 times, which was the same amount they did in Game 1. They were scoring about a point per possession of those 17 possessions in Game 1, the Warriors were. Last night they were scoring two points of possession whenever the uh, the, the Lakers picked up Tim, Steph Curry Tim, in the backcourt. So. Tim Legler did a great piece with Scott Van Pelt last night where he broke it down. They basically played Stephon Curry as a point guard last night. He was yeah. handling the ball and – it created his ability to move both ways and mm -hmm. back, 
through the Lakers defense Left into Clay Thompson chaos. wide open yeah. on many occasions yeah. last night. He looked like game six Clay last night. And and Draymond Green, I always get fr- – because I'm a Warriors fan. I okay. really like the Warriors. You told us that before. Yeah. Where did that come from? Come came the last Bandwagon. three or four just, years. Just watching them play. Just watching I, them I play. I say this sometimes too. Like I'm not a Warriors fan, yeah. but I can't lie. It is a delight to watch them play basketball. Yeah, they're, they're, I enjoy sitting down and spending an evening watching the Warriors play basketball. Right. They are just absolutely fantastic to watch. And last night they put on a clinic. It really, the, the Legler really spelled it out. And it's going to be interesting to see the the way the chef, the chess pieces yep. move to see how they. The Lakers counteract. I thought it was fat. Draymond. Do you bring him up? He was attacking last night. Yeah, Draymond right? was very decisive in the, yeah. in the game offensively. Yeah, I thought and he, that was of course a... always defensively and Rebounding, keeping right. balls alive. But like the number of times that he looked at the lane and said, "There's space there," and I'm chose, just going to take it. Yeah. Right, like yep. was really interesting to me that we don't typically see. He there were moments last night where he looked like LeBron in that way. Of course, we know Draymond Green is not LeBron James, but he had that same mentality a couple times, just sort of looking around, what's in front of me? Okay, I'm going to go. Um, and I thought that was a completely different thing that we hadn't seen much of. Yeah, I mean, it's some credit probably has to be given to Steve Kerr. It was, so the Warriors sure. won uh, by 20, 27. Uh, it was the 17th playoff game that the that Steve Kerr had won by 25 points or more as a head coach. Tied him for the most all-time with Greg Popovich. Most 25-point wins in the playoffs. I'm, I don't take anything away from Steve Kerr. It's not like he did that with anybody yeah, besides I, I these players. Yes, like yes. The, but, well, just the yeah, fact like that... It's the, all the same guys. That, that, when, that, they, that when the Lakers defended Steph the same way they did in Game 1, they, they figured well, I, out I, a way to score more I, wins. I'm, I'm with you. I just th- my, my only point was, it's not like Steve Kerr also right, did yes. it in Boston or also did it in Denver yeah. or something like that. He's done all of those games are with the same team. Uh, so the Angels and the Cardinals played earlier this during they had their midweek series, yes. and the first game of that series was the first ever uh, game between those two teams without Albert Pujols in the lineup. Well, how about that? Yeah, since they they didn't start. Wait, playing. So what was the first year of interleague play? Two thousand. I don't know. Was, was wow. It? They first played two thousand one. Was the first time they played. They that ever is played really kind of wild. Yeah, honestly, it's the first time ever that. Uh, and of course, he had that time. little cup of coffee and with the Dodgers, but. They didn't you know, play, they didn't play during that time. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, the Rays became the fifth team since 1947 to win 25 of their first 31 games. Of course, they're now 27 in the uh, in, bonkers. In, it's in just six or five, whatever they, are. they join the 1984 Tigers, the 2016 Chicago Cubs, 1958 New York Yankees, and 1955 uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. So you know, it's interesting. It's, I, did you see this the other day? Because the Bruins lost. All of the teams. I did see the Bruins lose. Yeah. Thank you. But all of the teams in sports history that had the best records in the regular season in all four major sports, none of them hmm. won the title that year. Well, so was, all the teams that. So it's the Bruins this year in hockey. The seventy-three the win Warriors. Are, oh, the oh, that the year the Seattle Mariners. The won Seattle Mariners have games, in yeah. Major League Baseball, and of course the undefeated Patriots. Mm, yeah, they never all, all of the teams. The best records, because remember, they played more games than the Dolphins did when the Dolphins went undefeated. What was the best record in MLB ever? That was the Mariners. Oh, the Mariners, yeah. Stan just said, all four of the teams that have, in each of the respective American pro sports, that had the best regular seasons ever, all four of them failed to win 
the title. That well, year. I was going to say get your bets in because these four teams that also since 1948 oh, all they all won got the off World those Series. Good starts. Yes, that have won. So the point is, get off to a great start, but then ease, ease up, up a little bit. Up. Don't finish with the most wins. Yeah, don't finish. Don't finish with the best team ever. Correct. Then you can go on to win the title. That's the way you go about yes. doing it. Uh, it is, of course, John Means Day two years ago today ah, in 2021. No May 5th was John Means no-hitter. I wanted to Should do, have been a perfect game. Yes. I was going to do – I have two tidbits. I, wanna, I think I'm going to do this one. I want to do the lineup from that game. Can you guys go one through nine, the lineup, the Orioles lineup in John This Means. is only two years ago. Yeah. So this well, is position – can we mention the position? Yes. Well, Severino he, was the catcher. He was the catcher. Where was he batting, Stan? I'm going to guess no eighth way. or ninth. <laughs> no. He clean up. He was batting clean up. He was batting fourth <laughs> that game. He went over four. Okay. Pedro um, Severino cost jo- cost him a perfect game. Joey Rickard. Joey Ricard was not, not in the lineup. He, he was probably gone. wasn't yeah, on the he team. He was gone yeah. by then. Um, Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins. Where was he batting? Lead off. Lead off. He yeah. was batting lead off, playing center. Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes. Where was he batting? Sixth. Not sixth. Second. Third. Second. Second. He was second. Playing left field. Um, Santander. Santander was not in the lineup this day. Mancini. Mancini. Was Mancini. Where was he batting? If Severino was third, yeah, third, third. Yeah. He was third. He was third. Three-run homer. Okay, for Trey Mancini, designated hitter this day. So you have the one through four. Rio Ruiz. Rio Ruiz did finish the game. He was not in the starting ah, lineup. Son of a he bitch. got the final out. Rio Ruiz did right or. I would have really liked to have. To was it Glacier? No, no, it was Arias. Arias got the final out. What was the guy? Well, then, the then Arias. Yeah, way to go, idiot. Way. Damn it. Where was he batting? I don't know. Eighth. No. Seventh. No. Sixth. Not, not sixth. Ninth. 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 Okay. Ninth. He was playing shortstop. He, he was oh, he was going. playing shortstop? Because I was going to guess the shortstop was the guy from the Phillies that we had. Oh, that we, Franco? He was in the lineup. Michael Franco. Michael Franco. He was bat- playing third base. He was playing third base. And batting Ruiz came in. fifth. He was batting fifth. Okay. All right. So we're Michael missing 6th, 7th, and 8th. You were missing 6th, 7th, and 8th. Mountcastle. Ryan Mountcastle, batting 6th, playing 1st base. Okay. okay. And who was playing 2nd base that day? <laughs> That's an excellent question. <laughs> two years ago, who was playing 2nd base? 2nd base and right field are the last two. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is this is pre- so predates Odor. That's correct. Uh, two years ago. Second base. God, <laughs> well, this is not a good sign. No. All right. What do you, What can you give us? Uh, I mean, let's see. He played. He played for the A's. I think right before the O's. <laughs> no, he didn't. Never. Never. He, he was. He came from uh, Colorado. He played in that 2020 season, and then he played 90 games in 2021. He played four seasons with Colorado. Right, hang on. Now I got to think of the pandemic season. Uh, yeah. Is it Pat Valleca? It was Valeca. Pat Valleca. Oh I only, you know how base. I came up with that? How'd the you? only thing I remember from the pandemic season is the air high fives. Right. That's the only memory I have at all of the pandemic season. So we got the right fielder we got to get? We got the right fielder you got to get. <laughs> Did we get the DH? You get the, uh, Trey Mancini was DHing. Okay. Yes. Right, right fielder. fielder. Sure, he was a great player. <laughs> Is he somebody that had a, a career in the major leagues, or he, was a real cup of coffee it guy? Was, I mean, it was more a cup of coffee guy. He came up with the Orioles. And DJ Stewart. It was DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart. One, one for four. Had an RBI in this game. What's DJ Stewart doing right now? He is He's with the Mets. 
he organization. Right. I'm not sure if he's on the major. I don't think he's on the major league squad. That doesn't that doesn't sound like he would. Be. I like DJ. He's a good guy. Buck Showalter must like him. Yeah, Bring clearly. Him clearly the case. Or they were just trying to get all the little, guys. A little too much swing and miss. Yeah. How, oh, a bit how too Buck much. has Jimmy Yacobonis on that team? Jimmy Yacobonis yes. is on that team? He pitched the other night. And Tommy Hunter. It's well, I knew Tommy Hunter Hunter's pitching there. very well, by Is he really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just see he's got a minor league deal with the Mets. I don't see where he is Syracuse. or what he's doing. Syracuse. He was right. up for a little while early in games. the season. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good for DJ Stewart. Triple A Syracuse. He and, uh, weren't he and Hayden Hurst, like, best buddies? Wasn't there a story on that? Like, that they both, they grew up together, and, like, Hayden Hurst played baseball, and he played football, and they kind of, like, flip-flopped at some point, if I remember. I feel like there was a story to that. Not that it matters. Neither one of them's here, so who cares? All right, Tubular is brought to you today by... Uh, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, remember, it's a weird weekend for the Orioles. Tonight, 720 on Masson, Dean Kramer and Max Fried. Excuse me for one second. Yes. The really very sad, sentimental news in baseball. Matt Harvey has retired. I did see that. I did see that. Very complicated figure, right? Like a very complicated figure in baseball history. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow night, 7.15 on Fox only. I don't think it's even in all the country because they also have Phillies Red Sox. But here so tonight locally, is Masson. Tonight's Masson. Tomorrow, tomorrow night locally Fox. on Fox. Kyle Bradish and Spencer Strider. And then remember, Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m., NBC and Peacock, Tyler Wells and Bryce Elder, yeah, the pitching matchup. It's going to be tough getting up for that one because Aljo and Cejudo, Saturday night. Oh, early. right. Yeah, you got so a busy. I got to be up at 5 on sa- on Sunday, so I okay. will be. Good for you. I might be napping at that point. <laughs> it might be the way what that it What you got going on Sunday? It's my day to be at the uh, Helping Up Mission. Oh. I do that once a month, and so uh, that happens to be on Sunday. And you can't do that like from noon to Two or something. Uh, I do breakfast. I do Sunday morning breakfast at helping up. Then problem is football season. I won't have that option. So it's just the way that it works out. That's okay. I'm happy. It's a sacrifice I'm happy to make. Is that the community service that the judge ordered? (laughs) (laughs) No, I had to do something else entirely for that. (laughs) Uh, Tonight, CBS Sports Network, or this afternoon, Loyola, Boston University at four as the Greyhounds try to keep their uh, NCAA tournament hopes alive. They'd have to win two games this weekend in order to do it. But they did beat Navy surprisingly on Tuesday, so hopefully they can keep that going as they take on BU today at 4. Kentucky Oaks coverage at 1 o'clock on uh, USA Network. ESPN's got Celtic Sixers game 3 tonight at 7.30. The Nuggets Suns game 3 at 10. TNT Devils Hurricanes game 2 at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow, Big Ten Lacrosse Championship, Maryland, Michigan surprisingly 530 oh, is it? from Homewood Field at Hop- well Michigan, Michigan beat Maryland yeah. yeah correct so it's an opportunity Maryland got their revenge on Hopkins they'll now try to get their revenge on Michigan 530 tomorrow on Big 10 network from Homewood Field what was the score of the Maryland game yesterday, yesterday? it was a 14 to 9 yeah they were trailing or they were down 3 nothing early yeah wow. and then they uh, won like a 5-1 run in the second quarter totally seized control I forgot of the game. to tape it I wanted to uh, you I know had, what I, I had think the I'm Orioles. automatically uh, automatically I think I tape all Maryland well that's so. good so I had the Orioles game on here and then the lacrosse game on yeah. my um my iPod they I have iPad. a big crowd iPod. for that game uh Could for you a, sense it? it was like 4000 people for a yeah, Thursday for a Three o'clock Thursday afternoon yeah. game, not too bad. It's a shame they didn't play it at night because they would have had a really good yeah. crowd at that point. Yeah. Uh, the Big Ten Women's Championship is tomorrow night on BTN. Maryland takes on Northwestern at 8 o'clock. 
the Patriot League Women's Championship tomorrow on CBS Sports Network, Army against Loyola from uh, Ridley Athletic Complex at 2. Uh, Towson will play for the CAA Women's Championship tomorrow at 12.30. They're at home at Tiger Field against Stony Brook. That's on lacrosse TV. Stevenson plays for the Mac Commonwealth Championship tomorrow night at York on the Go Mac Sports app. Kentucky Derby coverage starts at noon on NBC tomorrow. The post time is 6.57. Stan says 6.57. That, yeah, 6.57, exactly. I think I'm going to wager on that uh, the Japanese, Japanese horse. horse. Dorma Sotagaki. Yep. Dorma Sotagaki. Sotagaki, yeah. yeah. Uh, ABC tomorrow for Knicks Heat Game 3 at 3.30, Warriors-Lakers Game 3 at 8.30, TNT-Oilers-Golden Knights Game 2 at 7. The fights tomorrow night, Canelo Alvarez and John Ryder on DAZN. Starts at 7, main events at 11, and then UFC 288, Aljamain Sterling against Henry Cejudo at 10 on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Also on Sunday, uh, the selection shows for college lacrosse, 9 o'clock for the women, 9.30 for the men at on ESPNU. TNT for Nuggets, Suns game four at 8, ESPN Celtics Sixers game four at 3.30, and then uh, if if Loyola were to make it to the Patriot League Championship, that'll be Sunday at noon on CBS Sports Network. Anything non-sports-wise? Bupkis, obviously. Yeah, Bupkis came out yesterday. Oh, okay. uh, new show on Apple TV. It's called Silo. Uh, it's it's there. So people, it's based on a book, apparently, and these people, they literally live in this silo, um, and they're not allowed outside. <laughs> Sounds like a real winner. Any reason why I should watch it, Griffin? Hey, so it's on Apple TV Plus, and it's, it's, well, it's well done. Not really to your, to, to get Tim Robbins. To the way your children are going <laughs> to live move in 40 years <laughs> in silos. <laughs> yeah. Tim Robbins is in it. Uh, so is Common and Rashida Jones. I mean, I like these people. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But, um, but they can't go outside, and they're like, why can't Tim we go Robinson outside? And is it a comedy, then? No, it's like a series. It's then like a why series. is it Tim Robinson and Rashida no, Jones? No, Tim Robbins. Oh, Tim Robbins. Yes, not Tim Robbins. That'd be cool if Tim Robinson is. They yeah. should they should figure out a way to put him in Very there. Very different. Uh, of course, new episode of Citadel with uh, directed by the Rooster. But Rooster apparently Brothers costs a billion dollars to yeah. make. Three hundred million dollars for six episodes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Saturday Night Live will be hosted by Peter Davidson um, on Saturday night. P- Peter Davidson, yes, yes of course, because of the top of the musical guest Lou Uzi Vert will be the musical okay. guest. It, does he still have that stupid thing in his uh, forehead? I hope so. Okay. I think Kim Kardashian probably talked him into forcing his name being Peter. Rather Before they broke, is who's he with now? Do we know? Um, it's probably going to change in 24 right hours. I'm not going to bother yeah. to find out. <laughs> sure, he'll have plenty of jokes about it tomorrow. Yeah, I have no doubt. We'll, that's we'll the find case. out. Whatever. Um, Anything else? Uh, at the series, not series, season finale, season one finale of Lucky Hank, no episode okay. of Succession, no episode of Barry, uh, and the MTV Movie and TV Awards hosted by Drew Barrymore. Not Sunday night. hosted by Drew Barrymore. Oh, not hosted. She has bailed because of the white writers' strike. Oh. In solidarity with the writers, she has oh, decided wow. not to host the. That's uh, what I was. I was asking my friend who lives in Hollywood. I was like, yeah, I was, like, I I was wondering to, why. Where, I got why the didn't call yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I had to deliver. Paper, I had to deliver papers. <laughs> Don't you? Don't you know how Andrew Jones feels about me? <laughs> I was like, do I need to stop hey, watching TV to like show solidarity with the writers? Oh yeah, you might have to do it's that. It's important Griffin. to no do more that. <laughs> um, Bupkis, where where is that? Peacock. Peacock. This is on Peacock. Okay, you told yes. me that last yes. week. I got that uh, sounds like an interesting and show. And late night. James Gunn was supposed to be on late night. Uh, obviously, there's he was no skipping. late night. Yeah, there's no late night. He was supposed to be. Because Guardians. I gotta be honest with you. Are we sure they're doing Saturday Night Live? Oh, that's a good point. How are they doing that without writers? Um. I mean, I guess the cast is, is just writing the whole show. Yes. Let's see. Is Saturday? But that seems a little that seems sh- like, shady yeah. for them to do that. Like, um, it seems like that's kind of crossing the picket line, doesn't it? I don't know, man. Yeah. That one's a dicey one. Because, like, Colin out. Jost is the lead writer for Saturday Night Live. Right. 
So is he really going to just go pretend like all of his brethren aren't on strike? That is a weird bit, man. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. Well, either about way, that. Guardians Three is out today. As that's well, right. So that's this, why that's why James Gunn would have been on. Mrs. Clark and I are trying to figure out a time to go see that this weekend, but it is not looking great. It might be a next week type of thing for us. Stand the fan. Tomorrow morning you'll be on the bat around with the boys. Yep. Talking baseball there with you. Ten. I'm noon. not crossing a picket line. No, there. you are good. We're not. None of us. Believe it or not, we don't have any writers. I know that's gonna be hard for people to believe given the, with the quality of the of content the that we put out. <laughs> we don't have any writers for this show, so we're okay. And then of course uh, Monday you'll have the new show with yeah Lou the new Ross format. And Ross Luke. and Luke and I will talk some baseball, MLB power rankings. And how the Orioles are doing. Excellent. Yeah, so no no SNL. No SNL. That's so Ana de Armas episode two weeks ago or whatever, that is the de yeah. facto finale of the season. No, So Jennifer so Coolidge and Kieran Calkin were supposed to host the next two Damn. weeks as well. So Peter Davidson's just going to do it himself? He just shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like when they not, would do those not, pandemic shows. And not do written stuff. Right. Like, hi, I'm Pete. Hey, you want to ask some questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bummer because, you know, that sounded like it was going to be good, but... That's the way it goes, man. Yep. Like, writers are on strike. I don't think they could do it. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, my friend. Great to see you. At Good Stan the Fan. You. Good to see you. On Twitter. Good to see you, Griffin. Good to see you, Stan. For the last time. Yeah. <laughs> we we weren't going to tell him that. We're going to have that conversation after the show. Uh, thanks also today to uh, Andrew Jones, of course. Thanks to uh, Darren O'Day. Thanks to Bo Smolka and to Jordan Geronimo, who you're about to hear from. We'll get them all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. On Monday's show, I do know that new Coppin State basketball coach Larry Stewart will join us. Of course, uh, Coppin legend. They're having a press conference today, so he will join us on Monday to talk about that. And I'm sure it's Good hire, I think. I think it, he deserved it for sure. Yeah. I think he deserved It is a difficult job, though, man. Difficult job. Yep. I'm sure we'll have somebody on to talk about the Kentucky Derby, whether it's a winning trainer or rider or the horse or themselves. Maybe the horse right. I wouldn't mind that if it worked out that way. <laughs> stop by. <laughs> so, heck of well, a performance. You could, could probably stop by like by Thursday or Friday. Yeah, you know, when he town, ships right? into town. 100%. Yeah. I'd love that. Uh, don't forget, you can get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match and a $50 free bet from DraftKings if you are betting the Kentucky Derby. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com offers right now in order to claim that incentive. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, AJ Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, The Costas Inn, Hartford Community College, Birdland Sports, All-American Lacrosse, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go area lacrosse teams. Duke sucks. We wrap up the week by chatting with incoming Maryland basketball transfer Jordan Geronimo right here on GCR. Well, joined now here on GCR by a young man who's going to be headed to College Park next season to continue his collegiate basketball career. He's originally from Jersey. He's former Indiana forward and now a Terp, Jordan Geronimo, and he's with us here on the program. Jordan, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to meet you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us, and congratulations on being a Terp. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. How did this come about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you decide, you go to Indiana, mm-hmm. and you're pretty productive yeah. there for a little while. You make the decision that you want to go somewhere else. How well, did this connection happen that you ended up in Maryland? Well, you know, obviously, you know, Maryland's a part of the Big Ten. You know, uh, we play in Maryland, like, almost two times a year. Yep. And um, I just I'm attracted to, like, you know, the style of play. I like, you know, the fast pace up and down, and... I see myself, you know, being productive and efficient in their system. 
So that's what kind of attracted me uh, towards the program. But who reached out? Like, where did where did the contact come from? Um, David Cox. David Cox. One there reached out. Uh, yeah, Coach David Cox. Yeah, he reached out to me when I was in the portal, and that's how we started contact. Had you had any contact with him, like when he was at Rhode Island? Um, no, I haven't. Wow. So this was just him taking a swing and saying, "Hey, man, we think you might be uh, the, the guy that we're looking for." Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that, I guess you could say. But uh, they was like saying how, like you know, they, how they've watched me uh, play in a in a in a, in a big sure. time. Obviously, you know, we played them for a couple of years, and they they, was, they said that there was always a fan of my of my game. So you know, they, they kind of always had like an eye on me. It was talking about so awesome. And did you and did you feel any of that? Like you know, knowing as you meant bring up that you had been going up against them. Did you feel any of the same thing? Like oh yeah, like once you heard the, heard the contact, you were like this actually makes a lot of sense. I think I could fit in really well with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like Maryland, like wasn't uh, if I'm being honest, Maryland wasn't a school like I like was uh, looking at as soon as I came out the portal. You know what I mean? But like they reached out and I considered the option. You know, I see what they had, what they had to offer, and. It was, a, it was a really good opportunity, so I kind of just ran from it from there. Jordan Geronimo is with us here on GCR. He's coming to play basketball at Maryland next year. So, Jordan, both your, your parents were basketball players, correct? Correct. And I know your mom played at North Carolina. Did, did you talk correct. at all with them when you were making this decision? I'm sure they were really involved the first time you made a decision, but as you were making this decision, did you talk at all with them about making the decision to come to Maryland? Uh, of course, you know... Um, I, you know, had a close relationship with my parents, you know, love them to death. So they was in my circle when I was making this decision. Um, yeah, so, you know, my mom was uh, played basketball at UNC, so she kind of knows the game. She knows what's going on. So she was uh, a big influence on, uh, I guess, my choice. Jordan, was was basketball always, like, the path for you, like, growing up? Did you always know, being the son of two basketball players, like, this is what I was going to do? Um, not really, but huh. kind of not really, kind of not really. Because, like, I've always loved to compete. Like, that's that's what it was for me. Like, I, I love to compete. And it, it just happened that I'd be, you know, I'm naturally athletic and I can play basketball. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So, Did, were there other sports that you so, had played? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I played soccer when I was growing up. I was okay. the first sport I played, but, you know, that never got past sixth grade. It just kinda, did it just kind of come naturally to you? Yeah, yeah, really what it was. I mean, uh, when I was in high school, like, I played for a really small school. You know, I played one year AAU basketball, and then, you know, I kind of blew up from there. So, like, so like playing at a high level for me kind of came quick, you know what I mean? I, I mean, so, obviously. Obviously, it kind of came right. quick. You don't end up in the Big Ten by X. <laughs> right. Right. And so, you know, basically, like, what I'm trying to say is, um, like, basketball, like, it's something that I do want to pursue. It is something that I, that I love to do. But if I'm really getting getting down to, like, the, the base of it, of the core of it, you know what I mean? It's, it's just I, I love to compete. And, you know, and it's happens to be basketball. You know what I mean? So I love basketball. You know what I mean? That plus that equals that. There <laughs> you, you know go. I mean? There you go. So, and here you are. Here you are. Yeah. Jordan Jordan Geronimo with us here on GCR. Jordan, so so walk me through. You you make this decision to come to a new place. Obviously, you know, I, I'm sure part of it is is that you want to feel a new role, but just the entire decision to say, Hey, I've got one year left. 
I, I want to be anywhere else. And what the goals are for you as you make this jump now to the University of Maryland? Uh, excuse me. Uh, can you say that question again? Yeah, Sorry just just take me through one why you made the decision at all in order to make the you know transfer at this point in your career, and then two what the uh-huh. goals are for you as you come to the University of Maryland. Um. So. So one. I did want to transfer because I did want to be closer to home to finish on my collegiate career. Okay. I want to be closer to home. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier, I went to high school in New Hampshire, you know what I mean? And I went to college in Indiana and I, and I live in New Jersey. So, you know, it would be nice to finish that out in near my hometown. And, and uh, I know there's a, a, a train stop that goes from to Maryland to like, to like the 10 minutes from my house. So that's amazing. But uh, anyways, um, I just, uh, like, I, so I'm trying to like, uh, really uh, have uh, the chance to develop or showcase my perimeter game over in Maryland because, you know, this is the, the kind of play they run up and down, four out, one in, and they kind of, like, play through, like, their fours kind of. Mm-hmm. And I feel like being in that system where I'm, you know, kind of uh, in that position to make up, make plays is going to uh, help showcase the, uh, my perimeter uh, skills that, that, that I have. You know that I know that, that I know that I have that I've been working on. Is that something so, that you you talk to the coaching staff yeah. about? Like they said, hey, we think there's going to be the opportunity mm-hmm. for you to get a few more minutes here and to to show people more of your all around game. Yes, yes, that's that. Yeah, that's something that they uh, was talking about, and just talking about also like their development program, how they're going to you know uh, work with me to like fit their you know to get everything right, and um and that's kind of just bought into bought into the big idea. Jordan, did you see, you know, you referenced the style of play that Maryland had as you were watching them playing against them a year ago, but did you see maybe something else about the direction that, that pr- this program was headed in and the amount of talent that was there and the feeling that, you know, perhaps there's a real chance to make some sort of deep NCAA tournament run as you join this team? Um. Yeah, I mean, ever since, you know, I got to Indiana, Maryland has gotten better and better each year I've gone there, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's a growing program that have great players and, you know, it's a great uh, staff as well, you know what I mean? And um, it's, it's, really, it's really on the upside, and I'm just happy to be a, a part of that as well. So I mean, look, it, it looks like, you know, obviously you guys got Jameer back and Dante back, and would it would have maybe been nice to add another guy from the Big Ten in a transfer portal, but that's the way it goes. Decisions, <laughs> decisions are. I, right, I, I, I do right. have to. Did you did you even attempt to like say, hey, do you want to send me Hunter's number? Maybe I send him a text, something like that. Did you even get attempt to get involved in that, or did you leave all of that alone? I like, nah, I don't know him that well, so <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, I didn't do anything about that. I I understand. It is what it is, and you guys have a hell of a team nonetheless. So I don't think right. I'm going to be too worried about that. Um, Jordan Geronimo, right. just with us here for another couple of minutes. Um, Jordan, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated, right, by by making this decision. Um, you know, it, it would be easy for a lot of guys to say, "Hey, I'm coming to a new place, and this is the place that I'm going to be to try to finish out my career." I feel like you're coming here, kind of wanting to. Would it be fair to say to prove something that maybe you didn't accomplish everything that you wanted to accomplish? Would it be fair to say that you've still got something to prove as you come to the University of Maryland? Um, it's easy to like see it at at that perspective in that in that kind of way, but the way I would say like 
I just like want like a, a, a clean slate, really. Just you know, really, just a, a place where I can kind of like uh, have a new identity. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and if it's anything, something that I have to prove, it's something that I'm proof to myself. You know what I mean? Like, which is which is uh, play to the level which I can play to. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's not, you know, no, no kind of. Uh, Oh, I'm out on a, on a vengeance tour, you know what I mean? Revenge tour, whatever, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to go to a, you know, uh, uh, you know, new new spot where I can, you know, grow, develop, and be the player I know I could be. You know, with that said, it yeah. is still rare. You know, we were joking about Hunter a second ago, but it is still rare for guys to transfer from one school to another within the same conference. And you, you it know, is, it is. You it is, you yeah. said it's not a revenge also, tour type. Like, will it be? Will there be a little bit of a moment there when you when you go up against Indiana next season? And what will those emotions be like? For sure, for sure. Like, you know, I, already, I was thinking about it when I was making the decision. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie. When I was a, as a player at Indiana, I, I've always wondered what it was like to play. You know, on the other side. You know huh. what I mean? To uh, play at Assembly Hall. So that's gonna be exciting. But uh, you know, I got all love for origination. You know what I mean? But you know, it was good to me. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Uh, I'm going to a different uh, university, different program, but um, it's going to be fun going back to Assembly Hall. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, and again, it, you know, I I, yeah. I get it. You're not saying you're not coming out saying like, no, I hate it there. I want to go beat him by fifty. You're just saying like it was a different place and a right. different opportunity for you. And I respect that. Uh, Jordan, right, what right. should we know about you? Tell me about. I know you're a smart guy. You were named uh, academic All Big Ten before. But what should we know about you beyond basketball? Like, what are you into? What are the goals for you moving forward? Give me a run through what Jordan Geronimo is all about away from hoops. Um, um, I'm an energy guy. I mean, I like I like to have fun. I'm always I'm always you know dancing. I'm always you know busting a move. I'm always smiling, trying to crack a joke. Uh, good vibes. You know what I mean? Uh, like hobbies outside of basketball. Um. You know, normal stuff. I like to get on the game, play video games. But also recently, uh, I picked up uh, like learning how to produce, like make beats and stuff. Okay. So I'm kind of just in that. Yeah, That's cool, man. Trying to mess with that. Yeah, how it goes. Is is and, that um, something that you want to continue yeah. doing? Do you feel like like music is gonna be part of your future? Uh, Loki. I mean, not really. But like, <laughs> I, I don't think about it too much. I, I, I just want to have fun with it and see how see how it goes. You know what I mean? So, do you just make beats uh, or do you rap too? No, I I just make beats. Okay, right. I, I just be making. Yeah, I was gonna say I think there's a I think actually in the football facility at Maryland they have a recording studio so, um, which is a really it's a really cool <laughs> thing cool. man that's a really really cool thing. Um, Jordan, yeah. we you know we can't wait to get to know you better. Looking forward to seeing you out on the floor this fall. Let me get give me a rundown. Twitter, Instagram, where can Maryland fans be giving you a follow? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at. Jordan Geronimo 22 and my Twitter account is J Geronimo 12 I believe all right I'll double check on that and if you're wrong I'll make sure we tell everybody that's the case (laughs) hey uh Jordan congratulations man um I think you're gonna really enjoy it here and I think there's uh gonna be a really exciting season ahead um uh, by the way I think it's Jordan Geronimo 2 for the record is what we Jordan Geronimo 2 uh, we can't wait to get to know you more as you get here. Congratulations on making this jump, and thanks so much for hanging out with us for a minute this morning. Of course. Thank you for having me.